0: All right, welcome back to Sharp Iron Society. Here comes the ads. So uh, this episode is brought to you by Everproven CrossFit. Uh, we are at our new location. We are no longer in the Mills anymore. It is at 50 Crosby Road, Dover, New Hampshire. <clears throat> Come find us on Google Maps or something like that, because it's going to be way too hard for me to uh, tell you where the frig it is on this podcast. It's out in the boonies, uh, but right outside of Dover, New Hampshire. It's easily accessible from the highway, uh, or you can call us at six zero three seven four zero zero eight two two, or contact us at stone at evrprvn.com. dot com. The box manager, send her a hello, say hi, tell him, tell her that the sharp eyeing <laughs> society. <laughs> Tell them Sharp Byron Society uh, told said mention them and uh, you won't get a ten percent discount. So uh, just go ahead and say that. Um, also by uh,
1: what's the name of the academy again? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Located. I had a fucking brain fart. I'm sorry. It's cool. Uh, Eight Greenleaf Woods Drive in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, We're located inside the Seaco Sports Club. Uh, It's a little hard to find, um, but if you follow the signs, it'll eventually take you to it. Uh, We're open seven days a week, have classes in the morning and the afternoon for all levels and all ages, so uh, check us out at portcitybjj.com, home of many Pan Am champions and champions in life in general. Check it out. Um, Also... Have a a new sponsor ish, uh, Recoil Athletics. If you go to recoilathletics.com, dot com, and uh, soon there'll be a new website up there. Uh, It's pretty much uh, strength and conditioning for kind of grappling athletes. Uh, Me and and a guest on this podcast regularly, T. Elliot Field, uh, put together tactical Elliot Field. Put together a little uh, uh, strength and conditioning program, mostly his knowledge and my being a test dummy and giving some feedback. Um, pretty much all designed for the grappling uh, athlete in mind: judo, wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's, you know, low skill, high output, high intensity workouts. Um, I'm really enjoying it, seeing a lot of good benefits. And uh, while you're there, checking out the uh, the programming. Buy a t-shirt, or sweatshirt, or hat if you're so inclined, um, and uh, be on the be on the lookout for that. So that's it.
0: Yeah, and uh, just bringing up on a on a local note, um, given the fact that we talk about athletes all the time, there is something happening uh, this June third. Uh, yeah, third Friday night, uh, Saturday, Sunday. I believe the Special Olympics are happening over at UNH. Uh, go ahead and support them. Uh, head over there and support the support local, uh, your local athletes as well. Go go do some be part of the community. Cool. That being said, peace. Here's the podcast.
2: Sleeve driver you work for <laughs> We all know <laughs> the answer to that. No we
3: don't. I don't work tomorrow. You son of a <laughs> bitch.
0: When, when when we were uh, watch out for like making points and like slapping the table too much cuz we had somebody that was like doing this a lot. Shouldn't have invited Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, when, when we had when we had the uh, Rolling. Wait. Huh? What? Yes, we're Uh, back. (laughs) Good to see you. Um, we're it was seventeen, right? We're number seventeen. I don't fucking have a clue anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Seventeen. We're on number seventeen, Sharp Iron Society. We're back, and here are special guests. What's up,
2: fellas? How you doing, buddy? At least at least you've made it through enough episodes that you don't have to count them anymore. It's sort of irrelevant. It's, uh, number 17, we got regular guys on now. Dick joke power hour. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no iron will be sharpened today. I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, this, this <laughs> might not be the sharpest this, or the
2: ironest this <laughs> of is the, the Sharp Iron Society podcast. So we're here with uh, Matt and Pete. Thanks for having us, guys. I appreciate it. Should be a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get through the podcast if you guys just laugh at me all the time. Did Ron just leave? Yeah, he just checked out. That. He decided to pick up a new career. As yeah, soon as
1: he saw yeah. Sit down. yeah. This is the end. So I've known Matt for a long time and Pete for less of a long time. But Matt and
2: I used to live together. Yes, we did <laughs> <laughs> for eighteen months. Eighteen was beautiful this, months. Was this an experimental period, or was it a, yeah. a cost uh, Was this
0: like Was this a Was this a wealthy time, or was this a poor time? Because if it was a poor time, you probably a poor time had. for me for sure. Okay, yeah. it was yeah, poor. So like,
3: you just had like one ragged sheet you'd like cuddle together like spoon. No, I had my own bedroom. Body. Derek painted it. It was a nice, uh, nice hue of. It uh, was like an eggshell. I think you painted it. I had a really nice purple carpet. He gave me that room. It was really nice of him. A lot of fun experiences. uh, Is it unfair? Derek and his and his kind of evil dog staring at me indifferently while I ate. One time he didn't let me sit down in the kitchen. Like he he took my seat in the kitchen. I was like, "Excuse me," and he was like, "No." And then he and Tessie just stared at me for like three uncomfortable minutes before Derek started
1: laughing.
2: <laughs> Almost started crying. When he's trying to make he, you uncomfortable, he, was, oh. he has uncanny patience, oh. which is even freakier. Here
1: here is here's the best part of that story about me not letting Matt A I met him eat over the sink. He couldn't even go into the living room. Like a like a beaten housewife. <laughs> and I and I was sitting at the dinner table with Matt's girlfriend. Yeah. And she yeah. was laughing just, at him. Just emasculated
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like to live with black belts and, and assholes. Yeah. No, it was good. It was a good time. <laughs>
1: like, every time you take a step away from the sink, I'm like, no. No. How did you guys meet? And Tessie would growl.
2: Were you like childhood friends? Or no. how did you How did you end up as roommates? Was it? Did you meet at Jiu Jitsu or did you do Jiu Jitsu as a byproduct of.
3: I met Derek met each other? at um, Seacoast MMA. Band so. Camp. Yeah, I think So. Uh,
1: Might as well have been.
3: Devin, I don't know if you guys ever talked about devin uh devin and i were best friends growing yeah. up and um when i was in college i just came home from a summer and he was training at seacoast so i came out and trained for a few months um and Derek was just like one of the i think you were a purple belt back then can't remember like a two or three stripe purple belt and uh i tried jujitsu and like devin haggled me and like got me in this gi that was like an a4 was so, like the pants were huge, MC Hammer pants, and then like the shirt top, Some the people have to wear A fours, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. Peter. Don't don't shame. And on then the podcast. Uh, some people have if to I wear
1: A four H's. I, 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 I think that was my geek before it was Devin. Yeah,
3: yeah. Devin charged me like eighty bucks for it, and it didn't fit me at all. Nice. And uh, I remember trying Jiu-Jitsu, and it was so hard. Like I just like sucked at it, and I I, I think I did it like three times that whole summer and I just like stuck to Muay Thai and wrestling and stuff like that. And uh
2: Oh that's when they were teaching everything at Seacoast. Yeah. So they
3: did everything over there and then that gym disbanded as Troy went into detail about and uh I think a few people have touched on like the whole C T E thing, which is one of the reasons I came back to Jiu Jitsu because after I got to college I was like I want to keep doing a martial art (sighs) but I don't want to be stuttering and weak at the age of forty five.
2: I don't think you can really spend enough time on the C T E thing. Did you see uh the BMX guy that just came down Dave That's Mira Dave yeah. Mira yeah. killed himself yeah killed himself in the same exact manner that all of the like the junior sayas and everyone did Did he shoot
3: himself in the heart or something?
2: They were able to study his brain so if if he didn't shoot himself in the heart it was they were still it, he had enough brain left to study but the thing was more that like he was just like a normal great family guy had everything going for him then just went into this deep dark depression and it all sort of escalated quickly and then the next thing you know he killed himself and everyone was like what the fuck just happened here? Yeah, yeah, there was no signs of this coming, and then all of a sudden, the guy was chronically depressed. Like, did and you hear? So
0: this is all new information for me because, like, Dave Mirra is like such an awesome dude, legend. Yeah, <clears throat> he was—he was, he was like, an absolute legend. Um, and then, <clears throat> so they did—they did dissect his brain and they like dissected and look his into brain it,
2: unequivocally. He was diagnosed with CTE. Like, he had all of like you know all of the the dark spots on his brain, the shrinking fatty yeah, matter, whatever Roger that Goodell. stuff is. Well, they. Th- well, that's I, I like the way that they sort of slamming built it. on a BMX bike is whole fucking life. Well, how many concussions <laughs> do you think that guy got? Like, and then the sub concussions. Every time you fall off a bike from a ramp, that's got to be some sort of <laughs> bank, uh, bank, brain trauma. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking about, being about a kid, dozens this, and hundreds.
0: This just like brings up like the the, the 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 short amount of time that I tried doing BMX. uh I was at Rye Skate Park and... uh uh somebody was like trying to show me how to like uh go over a spine which is, uh, I think it's like four feet high or whatever. Like I I've, like I'm a blunt force object, so it was <laughs> just, like it took me it took me a, a good amount of falling to figure it out. But there was one time where so if you're going over a spine you're supposed to come up and actually turn a little bit and then come back down. You're not supposed to just go straight up and then straight back and then aim your fucking wheel right back down Nailed to the ground. It. No, you come up and you kinda come off to the side and then and then and then point your uh, point your tire down. So it's a little bit of it's almost like a shimmy. It's not a straight don't, up, straight don't down. Don't
2: point your skis down the mountain. Yeah.
0: So I basically pointed my skis right down the fucking mountain on a triple black diamond. Go hard. So, <laughs> go hard to go home. Um I uh, I went up, came down, hit my hit my front tire and my back tire did not come up out from underneath me. So I just went face first into the ground like ate shit hard, like bashed up my chin, my head went right into the ground like and just lied I, I laid there for like oh, probably a good 30 seconds while some little little shit was like watching me from a from a higher ramp on his razor scooter. <laughs> and it was one of those things like you okay mister I always wanted to try I, right. stuff. so I, I Do guess you need my, my assistance? I guess my response was I stood up like I don't remember this, but I stood up and I said, I need some water <laughs> and I rode my bike over to the to the water fountain and uh my my buddy that was he was skateboarding at the time he was on a different side of uh, Rice Gate Park, and he, uh, he came over. He's like, you yeah, all right, but, man, because uh, some little kid came over to me and said, like, that you just ate shit really, really hard, and all you said was, I need some water. <laughs> You're also bleeding out of your ear. So.
2: I had training wheels till I was 17, so I never got into the BMX I thing. believe it. Did you really have training wheels since you were 17? And I've had to wear a helmet. All the time, your entire because, life. Yeah. That, that explains how bad
1: you are at jujitsu. <laughs> I am
3: really good at it. <laughs> I am. I
2: am. I am incredibly good. Everyone knows that. That, that knows me. That's true. Uh, me. Talking to Master Pete Hitchmo. It's
1: true. Hitchmo, Master Pete Hitchmo.
2: Master Pete Hitchmo is pretty. It's, it's more than of an art form when you watch me roll than a sport, right? <laughs> it's. Uh, is it the fluidity that impresses you? It's a combination of beauty and grace. I yeah, think. I think as well. You know. I, it, I should probably have my own youtube channel if yeah. I was just if I had a little more just energy. breaking down techniques mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be good pretty much you yep. have gotten a lot better though, yeah I've gotten that's what's staggering about the sport to me is that. If, well, we're getting uh, all serious now. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sorry, <A> very special <laughs> Sorry, podcast. Guys. There will be dick jokes. Thank you. Just hang in there. Don't worry. The, as <laughs> the last time the four of us were together was on a road trip, and I think the theme of the road trip was: as if at any point you start to feel good about yourself, someone will drag you back Ooh. down by both ends. <laughs> That's so a tough crowd. This, so this <laughs> That's won't a tough last. Crowd. <laughs> That was my one allotted compliment for the rest of the podcast. I think you
3: see what I'm doing now. I'm building you up. <laughs> down later,
2: we want you to point your skis down the mountain. Pete. That's right. That's right. Get comfortable. Get real comfortable. <laughs> there's, there's a nice patch coming, buddy. Anyway, go on about the art of jujitsu. Yeah, no, I am. Well, I am. I am. Let's let's um sure. preface
1: this with that um, Matt and Pete. You're a little different than Scott and I because you work in a very corporate environment, the both of you. Um, That's an interesting dynamic to me about like, so we have some other members that show up with like, uh, like how awkward. And I I experienced this recently, kind of like for the first time in in my jujitsu career, whatever. But like, it's amazing to me how shocking it is to some people, just the sight of a black eye. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just goes to prove how like I or guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Was Pete, can you clarify? <laughs> I believe. I believe it was I. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. I continue.
1: <laughs> 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 but like it just goes to show how kind of homogenized and and sheltered society is. Where I would sh- yeah. like, I showed up a couple places with a black eye and they're like, "Oh my god, what happened to you?" And I'm like what well, what are you talking about and they're like your eye you have a black eye and i'm like oh i got like bumped during <laughs> jiu jitsu like someone someone hit me with their elbow accidentally my it, wife abuses it's me it's just like
3: strange like you just show up and you look at your body and you're like huh that's a gigantic bruise on me i don't know what that's from
1: right and but people freak out about it they're like oh my god you you you're bruised <laughs> i
3: actually i actually learned a
0: lesson from your uh your most recent black eye Because I saw you, I was like, dude, what the hell happened? And he's like, and your response was an overzealous white belt. (laughs) <laughs> and like, and and from that point on, I'm like, I'm always cautious of like being like being like really really fast with my movements and like potentially like just elbowing somebody in the face as I'm as I'm trying to like go for a move. It's being in control of I, your body, yeah. yeah. I think- and that that's kind of that's kind of where 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 it was. Like it, it was it was like okay, I need to like slow down and think about what I'm doing.
3: You get better at like protecting yourself as you go along because I feel like knock on wood, but I've had you a lot less black eyes than I used to get, but is the overzealous white belt that ends up like knocking you one and you have just,
2: huh? I would put myself in the camp of the overzealous white belt for a long period, but I feel like I was corrected a couple times. Then I think that's necessary. And if no one had ever told me, <clears throat> I think it probably would have gone on a lot longer. Right. Um, remember Donald tried to hit bump me one time. So my only reaction was to wrap my arms around him and try and drive him back into the floor. And he just looked at me fairly seriously, and he said, no slamming. <laughs> 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 and I shivered from it, and I, and and I, then he I stuck have never your slammed <laughs> <nose> <laughs> right. and it, You know, But he could have been a dick about it, and mm-hmm. he, or he could have just ignored it and not wanted to roll with me anymore, but he sort of let it be known. And I think that that's a super important part of it because you, you don't know you're spazzing, or at least I didn't know I was spazzing when I was a white belt. I was just trying to go hard to have... Any level of defense. (laughs) I'm a man, damn it. Hear me roar. (laughs) Feel my full weight, because that's all I got right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. No,
3: I'm not. Why can't I get you off of me? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly.
2: I think it's important that people sort of do corrections. The other one was not an intended correction. It was the one time I rolled with Josh Vanderlei, who has also been on this. And there was probably about 400 pounds of meat between us <laughs> when yeah. we were rolling. A couple
3: of big boys. Both on our there.
2: knees, locked up like gorillas, and he just snapped me in half and threw me on the ground. I was like, okay, <laughs> we'll do the guard thing. How does that How does that guard work? Somebody, anyone? <laughs> I
3: think one of the first times I rolled with Josh, he's like, you're so fast. You're like a cat. I can't get you away from me.
1: Which is amazing because for 265
2: pounds, Josh might be the fastest individual ever. A oh, boy can move. I, he could move. <laughs> that was the one thing I remembered him, and I didn't realize it was him until I saw the pictures on the podcast. But I remembered that role really specifically. It's a funny story too. You go back to the ignorance of a white belt. I was probably around 250 at the time. I was still super fat. You had a lot more neck. I had a lot more. I had a lot more jowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was neck. It was mm-hmm. more jowl. Um, but I didn't like think – f- I thought I was strong enough and heavy enough. I didn't think that someone could like – if I, if we had an underhook and an overhook, I didn't think someone could just snap me in half like that. I was like, no one could do that to me. I'm 250 pounds. I'm pretty athletic. This isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, the world just changed instantly over over the course of one, one slight wrestle. Just a and slab I was like, oh. of warm butter, buddy. Yeah, it was – it was an eye opener. That's jujitsu. Yeah. Oh, you think you're tough? Yeah,
3: I actually gave Pete his first yeah, little that's lesson. A good story. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it was supposed to. That's be... That's another a- story. From, we, we call it man camp when Derek and I lived together. Which really, it was only man camp for like two and a half months before our girlfriends moved in. But um,
2: <laughs> you ladies, men.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, but Derek came home one day, and it was like a nice summer day, and I was, I think I was a bit more of a drinker back then. He's like Matt. This guy is coming. He needs a, like he wants like an intro lesson. I'll buy you six. This pack. fat software just, salesman just, wants
2: a private, just, and I'm not doing just, it. Is just, what he said. Like I don't want
3: to do it. Just go. And uh, Pete came in, and he was all excited. And
2: you still, owe Matt. That six pack. You still owe Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt and I. Uh, Matt and I will be forever linked in the yeah. BJJ world. That was so my I'm very, very proud first Matt time. That
3: that Pete is stuck with it because I feel like uh, oh, thank you, sir. Maybe five percent of people actually stick with it. And I, I think I just showed you like a. Like a simple cross-collar choke, and you were just like, you can do
2: that? Like, yeah, I so I, I, excited. I remember that from <laughs> yeah, the bottom. Yeah. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Yeah. That's like an interesting thing that I think of is it's, it's always amazing to me when people come for a couple few weeks or even a couple months. I knew I was going to go as long as my body would let me, literally 10 minutes into that first class. I can't exactly articulate why, but there was no chance I was ever going to not jujitsu from that point. It's shocking to me when it takes people a couple weeks or a couple months to figure that out. Like, I feel like it, in my brain, the way my brain works, it was going to be, I I could see going to that class and being like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. This is weird. Right. But I can't imagine being like, hey, I did jujitsu for six months. What I do you think mean you did jujitsu for six months? Didn't you get addicted like a normal right. person? Right. Well, no. <laughs> right.
3: You're not normal if you get addicted to it. But I uh, think it's, it's being able to like suspend your own ego. And I think that's what holds people out like they're just getting their ass kicked for three months or whatever and it's really hard on some people it's ongoing they feel, they feel like an alpha male and then you know they right. roll with jeffrey right when you know before jeffrey got his man muscles and jeffrey just beats the shit out of him right <laughs> and it's, now he
1: just beats the shit out of all of us when he shows up which is kind of cool yeah I, I i it's weird to me also like um like how people will get so far and then stop showing up and then just decide one day they're going to go back. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's this weird, like, it's, it's, the whole student of jujitsu dynamic is weird. And it's obviously weird. I've obviously, run, I've run the gamut on the style of student that has come in. Like, it's not, it, like, it's, sometimes I try to say it takes a certain type of person to jujitsu, but it really doesn't because it's such a, especially our academy, such a weird mix of people. You know what I mean, but no, like it's, it's, some people it, leave, and I'm like, oh, they're gone; they're never coming back. And then they're like they come back, and they're like, like I'm like, what was the deciding factor to make you now come back and be committed? You know what I mean? Right. It's something different for everybody. It's Certain, weird.
2: It's certainly <laughs> different for everybody. Um, I think that it's the kind of thing, though. The, or when I start, I got into a period, probably six months in, where I began to become evangelical, like worse than CrossFit evangelical, CrossFit. <laughs> a vegan crossfit I, I think jiu has the same evangelist effect as crossfit with
3: people talking about it it's just oh, less people I, do jiu jitsu I couldn't
2: stop it so i wanted to
1: have everyone I'll also tell you the difference between crossfit and jiu jitsu in my experience Oh i can't wait to hear it <laughs> I'm not even it's kidding It's the shoes it's it's the it's the shin high <laughs> socks
2: It's for the deadlifts i know whatever blah, blah, blah. Anyway 6 months in i got super evangelical and i'm like this is—I've found this amazing thing. It's so good for your ego, so good for your body. Blah blah blah. I'm going to convince everyone to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it now probably about I don't know, 25 months, 26 months. Are you that asshole who says their kids 32 months old? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my daughter, my oldest daughter, is 67 months.
3: <laughs> Operating years
2: like a normal person.
3: I lost my headphones. <laughs> Thank you for ever. saying that. <laughs>
2: No worries. Uh, Continue. So it was like I don't know, two and a half years ish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Is That's so fucking hard. <laughs> it's a little less than two and a half years. I don't want to. I don't want to pose, and I want to get into that too. Um, but I thought I was going to convince everyone to do jujitsu, and I would get into these conversations, and you can see when you're talking to someone about it, and they think you're a fucking kook. In the whole time, I'm like... Welcome to my life. Right. Yeah, I just <laughs> stop talking about yeah, I, yeah, it. If someone I, engages me, You go, me, I'll talk you go full
1: it. circle. You yeah. go for, where you want to tell everybody, and then it gets to the point where, like... So, I know, like... So, in my regular job beyond doing teaching jiu-jitsu, I've worked with my dad. Time massage. Yeah. With my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Father-son team. <laughs> I've, I've worked with my dad since I was, like, you know like every summer since I was like a freshman in high school and my dad's been working for the same people since before I was born. So like a lot of the people I know that i that we work for I've known since my whole life and they still to this day, 31 years later, 10 years of doing jujitsu. They're like, how's karate going? I'm like, <laughs> fuck Jesus Christ. It gets to the point now where I'm like, great, See you later. Just that's, keep
2: on walking. I'm like... That's, that's my mom. She lived in Japan and still thinks I do karate. <laughs> uh. Right.
1: Like, so it's just one, like, it gets to the point where you're like, or when you're like, oh yeah, you do a martial art. What do you do? I'm like, oh, jujitsu. Oh, that's cool. What rank you? I'm a black belt. Oh, my ne- nephew's a black belt. Yeah. He's 12. I'm like, not the same thing. I like, that. that's awesome. You can tell him to come over here and I'll fucking strangle him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had a woman genuinely ask me, and I couldn't get upset with her, but she's like, you do Tai, tai Chi, right? And I'm like, mm, yeah. no. <laughs> and <laughs> I try different. to like I try and go like the avenue of like, they're like, what's jiu-jitsu? I'm like, well, it's like grappling. And they're like, well, what's grappling? I'm like, well, what's grappling? I'm, like, I'm like,
4: wrestling?
2: It's like wrestling. That's and then the they're like, I'm oh, using. so
3: you're like Hulk Hogan. I'm like, you got it. We're, right. Yeah, we're yeah, never right, going to get there. <laughs> Let's just move on. You should
2: see my tights and my shin-high boots. Right.
3: It's just... I don't know if if someone has a genuine interest in talking about it with me, I'll talk about it with them. But I don't go around anymore. Like, but I did when I when I
2: first got yeah, really. Obsessed I, I don't with anymore, but I'm still. I'm, I do have sort of this like competitive thing with myself. Like, I'm, being a salesperson, I'm appalled with the fact that I can't convince anyone to do it, and I've come <laughs> to, <laughs> ego. I, I can't, can't take sell, it. You can't sell anybody can't, on jujitsu. I can't close anyone on jujitsu, and I don't think you can. Now, I've come to the conclusion that there's a there's a it's on the individual there's a broken there's a broken something yeah. in everyone that does. I just it. had a, an it's interesting thing, thing about
1: uh it was from another gym owner that was like and he was talking to other a bunch of gym owners and he was saying that like the statistics are if you want 20 new people to sign up for jiu-jitsu you need to make 40 like intro classes and then to get 40 intro classes you need 80 you need to return 80 emails and to return 80 emails you need to get 160 people even to, you need to talk to 160 people. So out of 160 people you talk to only 20 people will it sign up. About
2: yeah. it, right? There's a yeah. there's Actually, a ton of those statistics in like <laughs> traditional sales and like if you get 1 or 2% of people to sell to yeah. buy what you're selling then you're doing awesome. Like the the guys that you see winning all the awards at these companies for closing the most deals they're they're hovering around one percent of the people that they talk to actually closing. Wow! So if you add on the difficulty of jujitsu, right? Oh, yeah. I like it, if you point one percent, must be firing away. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. Because
1: <laughs> our academy's been open for uh, going on six years. We literally have like I think right now, counting the kids, we have like the high forties amount of students which is like amazing to me cuz I know some people have
2: academies that have 500 people. Right. You know what I mean? Which is like fucking insane to we, me. You are marred though. Do you should for people <coughs> listening, you should know we we're we're in the regional epicenter and that town has 19,000 people. So we do have a population challenge. Right. It's not directly relatable to like the mass BJJ places where there's 50,000 person town after 50,000 person town and Right. You're basically picking it on geography instead of destination. And even right. though there's only 50, there's people coming to our academy because it's a destination. Well, that, cool. and too,
1: it's like – like, and we talk about this all the time, too. Is like if you train in our academy, you can go to any other academy and hang, yeah. which is awesome. So, like, it's almost like – it's I, I, as much as I would like to make the majority of my income – off jiu-jitsu, which, like, that's, like, the ultimate goal, whatever. I'm really proud of the fact of the 50 guys that we have at our academy that are absolute fucking killers. Like, it's almost like an exclusive club. You know what I mean? And, like, you could almost, at this point, make it invite only. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, like, prestigious to train in our academy, I feel like. It's yeah. it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> like uh, it's on the cusp of kind of being, like, I feel, and I'm, like... It's hard for me to talk about because I don't want to seem like I'm, like, like, being verbose and, like... Yeah, and Blowing and smoke bo- up your bo- own ass. But it's, like... It's, I'll drink it's, that Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's becoming... It's almost legendary. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. getting this legendary status out of academy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like... it's all, Like I said, it's almost like an exclusive club. Like, people, like... I f- remember I went to... F- um, and George, it happened to George, too, is, um, like, George went to train in San Diego at Studio 540, which is, like one of the best academies in the world. You know what I mean? They have, like, on the weekly basis, they have world champions doing seminars for free there. You know what I mean? I've been to their academy. It's awesome. There's, like, like there's the, the, one of the best bathrooms I've ever seen in my whole life. They have, like,
2: free toothpaste and free deodorant. And, like... Little guy in there and squirting cologne on you when you leave. Right. And like, <laughs> like, like, like granite
1: showers, marble showers and stuff like that. I guess it's just this awesome place to train. And George shows up there with a Port City gee on. they're like you train at Port City BJJ? Like, (laughs) oh, my God. I'm like, oh, that's so
2: fucking awesome. You know what I mean? You guys have nailed one thing. And, you know, my failed sales pitch (laughs) is the one thing that my favorite thing about it and the thing that I thought would resonate with any real man is (laughs) the reason I do it is I want objective evidence that I'm not actually a huge pussy. And I talked to Jay about this around the time that I got a blue belt. Did he call you a huge pussy? are the (laughs) episode. But it's true. It's, everyone should want objective evidence that you're not a pussy. And you work in a corporate world. There's all sorts of pussies that are in incredible positions of power. You know, they never take off their badge and gun. They never will meet you on an even you know, ground and, and debate things with you. It's always present the fact that they're your boss or you know, they're friends with the boss. There's all this just awful shit that goes on. It's not like that in BJJ. It's truly objective. You can, you can prove to yourself that you are of a certain level. So that's why when I got my blue belt, it, the, the joy of that lasted like two or three weeks. Like I was like, holy shit, I'm a Port City blue belt. That, that can't be fake. That's not a fake thing. Like They didn't let me I have do. this. Yeah. And I think that the thing that the academy that you feel from the day one that's retained is that you're not going to be given anything but it's gonna you, in an objective manner. We are gonna reward you for the work that you put in, and that's all anyone wants. And I think a, that's probably one of the biggest problems in martial arts. You know, in a lot of the the other martial arts, all the karate schools that have been around. What's the number one criticism that you hear about them? Well, he, that's that it's not even anymore that that shit doesn't work because that's all coming around full circle. It's that the black belts aren't real black belts. You know, the promotions are there because they're trying to keep their class sizes high. There's no objective evidence of not being a pussy in those other schools. That's what you guys, I think, have nailed.
3: I think uh, another thing that makes us kind of unique is that because we're a small school, um, you're really getting tested and you're really getting evaluated all the time, where if if we had hundreds of students, like, it'd be almost impossible to gauge everybody and and promote everybody. You just kind of have to, like, run run through the mills. Like, okay, they've been here this long. Maybe we should promote them. But, like... At Port City, I feel like you can't slip through the cracks. Yeah, yeah, it's either it's it's do or die. That's
1: kind of a double-edged sword, though, because like, for one thing, like I can see, like I you could line up everybody at our academy on the wall, and I could be like, "This is what you're good at. This is what you're bad at. This is what like everybody, all even the kids at this point. Like I've sat in because I don't teach the kids classes. um,
3: (laughs) Could you imagine?
1: I think I I think I'd do a pretty good job.
3: (laughs) But uh, I, I think uh
2: like, I, but I can even this sit one's there and be gonna like, stay a pussy. I've seen this before. <laughs> You're a pussy, and your father's a pussy. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, I I I'm I'm the one to break them of that. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I get it. I'm there to I'm there to humble those who need to be humbled and L- toughen
2: those who need to be toughened. Look into my beard, you little fuck. I'm the tip of the spear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never, I've never
2: said anything like that before.
0: <laughs> Please don't ever say tip of the spear to a little kid. Um, I, I, would, I would, I would let you teach my kids jujitsu. But anyway, um,
2: I just
1: like you're, I, could, I could month old kid say, you know, I, I could pick out everything that everyone is looking to. Do, but this is weird thing has been happening lately and I almost like I feel like I gotta nip it in the bud whatever but I see people when I come around they're rolling they'll see them there and they'll look at me and then they go really fucking hard against whoever they're rolling against and they're like it's like they want me to notice and I'm like no, no, you're, the you're, internet, you're
2: doing it wrong The right internet now. tells me that that's normal, though. I've seen a couple of hilarious memes that I related to where it's, there's one of them, like there's a horse whipping its head around completely backwards, and it's like, you know, that look you get when Sensei sees you rolling. You right, know? right. No, no, but it's a new thing
1: in our academy, which is yeah. weird. I mean, maybe we've gone past that, like we're, we're tipping over the point of being small enough where people aren't worried about that, where we're kind of getting enough members where people feel like they might be getting slipping through the cracks a little and they need to make an impression but i'm like sometimes watching you put yourself in a bad position and work your way out of it and or or i i get more i'm more impressed by someone who gives someone else good advice that changes their game than someone who beats the shit out of somebody else you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like that's how i feel about like like so if you're looking to make an impression on me be helpful Not a detriment. You don't need to beat people up. You know what I mean? Like, I would be more. It's like we have this one kid in our academy who is a purple belt, been training longer than I have, and isn't necessary. He's not aggressive. He's not an aggressive guy. So a lot of times I see him rolling with white belts.
2: George. George. Yeah. Yeah. George. No. It's not George. I know who it is. I do too.
1: Where he is like, he's not an aggressive guy and I see him rolling with the light belts and they're getting the better of him. But at the end of the role, he'd be like, oh, you would have got me there if you would have done this or if you like, so he's, he like, when I say like, so when I say like, you're either the, the hammer or the nail or the anvil. The anvil is going to make you sharp. The hammer is going to beat the shit out of you and the nail is the guy who gets the, he is the anvil. He is making everybody sharp. He's taking a beating to make people better. You know what I mean? And that guy, like I'm like you. I, if I had a forget about the fact that you may never win one match in any tournament, but if I had a
2: hundred of you guys, I'd consider myself a success. Right. What what you're referring to that they refer to in the corporate world is real time evidence of your performance, and that is invaluable. You, sometimes you have no idea what you did wrong. And if somebody points it out right after it's happened, you almost fix that forever, or, or right. you improve it forever because
1: it's, it's fresh in your mind. Because
2: it's fresh in your mind, and you realize right away what the correction would be. If you don't get that, if you're just smashing on each other, you, it's really hard to advance. Oh, this guy, in, this in guy, anything, right, This guy's
1: really good at that. Like I would feel I, he's like one of the biggest assets to the academy. Like at, beyond the people that teach the classes, you know, Matt, me, Jay, George, Trevor, you know. Those guys that teach classes, he's one of the most valuable non-teachers I feel like we have. He's, he's helped so many people.
3: He's out. a fantastic training partner, too. Yeah. Like, you'll get
1: so many reps in with him, and it's just no bullshit,
3: and it's, I don't know.
1: And he'll tell you, too. He's like, he's one of those guys that'll tell you if you're not going hard enough, if you're going too hard, you know, if, you're, if your weight is off, if you're doing the technique a little bit wrong. Like, he, I swear, to you, like, and his, the amount of, or how good his technique is, is, is deceiving because he doesn't impose it on anybody. You know what I mean? He's, he's 100% technical. You know what I mean? Like he knows a lot of jujitsu. <laughs> and it's, it's, you wouldn't know by watching him roll because he's always letting people work.
2: Yeah, I always wonder if there's a certain level of genius too in constantly doing that. Um, you learn so much more from teaching and losing. And you can teach and lose at the same time and be working through things. That's probably one of the most... That's probably one of the most efficient ways to learn jujitsu. If you could discipline yourself to constantly be observing yourself as though you had to teach it, and to put yourself in bad positions so that you're learning, that's got to be one of the fastest ways to get better.
1: I would say that, like,
2: that's a big part of losing ego. Because if you do that all the time, you're losing. And I've been trying to force myself to do that. And it's hard as fuck. I would say that I was putting with myself one, in on. half guard for nine months and just getting fucking. Walloped. One of the biggest
1: uh, turnarounds in my jiu-jitsu definitely was when the academy opened. Because I was teaching before that, but it was almost like I didn't really care about the curriculum or, you know, I wasn't 100% involved in teaching because I, uh, it, it wasn't my school. You know what I mean? So I'd just go in and I'd teach some bullshit techniques and then would roll for a bunch. You didn't remember? have the point of pride. And then when the academy started, I was like, oh, I have to like really think about. The way the class is structured and the way my curriculum is structured and, you know, and then what if someone asked me, you know, why am I doing this and I don't have an answer for it and I really need to start thinking about that stuff. And when, as soon as I started doing that, like it wasn't immediate, but I would say the difference between me being a purple belt when the academy opened and me being a purple belt right before I got my brown belt was the skill level was
2: staggering. Like yeah. that's where I made my biggest jump was in that vault. Mm-hmm. The guys that I work with, um, I always use this line that I stole from surgery. It's see one, do one, teach one. You got to observe it happen first, and then you got to try and do it. But you really don't ever get good enough to be doing it until you've taught one. You right. know, and that was the sort of the way that, unfortunately, it's the way they taught surgery for a long time. But it, I think that that last piece, that teaching part, is the mastery. Right, and and it's you know, and it's apparent like anyone that's been a training dummy. As part of class, the first time that I did it, I had, like, stage fright. It was so apparent to me that I had <laughs> no ability to teach. And, like, I, you know, I was trying so hard to make sure I was in the right position. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm uh, a fucking terrible uh, And he and, wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was
3: not. Derek funny. will chastise you in front of everybody if you're not moving the way you want him he wants you to. What do you
2: do? And then you just get nervous. Yeah. You know, you're like the... And then beaten. he kicks you out hey, and you just hey, shame. Hey, and you slouch hey. in the corner. Yeah, the, the dog starts to cur quickly so, and then you can't follow any instructions.
0: When, when you're teaching... Oh, hey, Scott. Oh, Oh, hi <laughs> yeah the silent one so the nice corner. of you to chime in uh so when you're teaching moves and all that stuff do you think that that like when you're teaching those moves like over the this isn't just right now this is like over the course of time when you're teaching um uh, teaching stuff like it's kind of adding to what what pete was saying it was like does it make you think more about that technique like as you're teaching those moves as opposed to like, okay, I just want to get my arm underneath instead of like, I saw a video that was, I I'm, I'm thinking of like right off the top of my head just cause it's fresh. But, um, and like the, the girl was talking about, don't just sweep your hand underneath, um, uh, underneath the backside. If the, if the, your opponent is uh, her back's on the ground, you know what I'm talking about? She's like, don't put your hand, don't just try to sweep. Like, Knife your hand, your your uh, your hand under like through the armpit. Video, yeah. yeah, so it's like the, there's a huge difference between going straight and then going around and just trying to go for like just moving your arm around. It's, right. So is is there that element that where like you're constantly refining and like really really honing in your technique as you're teaching it?
1: Matt can answer this class too, or this question too, because he is kind of. Uh, I would say a newer teacher, like he hasn't been teaching as long as I have, so he can kind of chime in. But I feel that uh, for me, the biggest thing about teaching, too, or, or uh, and I actually know, or I can actually answer this question for Matt too because he's actually corrected me on a bunch of techniques lately. Where he's uh, like, where he's,
2: "Oh shit!" No, it's
1: awesome because he's like, "Oh, wasn't it supposed did, to be like this?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was supposed to be like this." You so got it's, learned that's awesome. Belt. But <sighs> you realize not only. You're like, oh, I didn't realize that this is what I do in this technique. You know what I mean? So you're like doing this technique and it's is so free form anyway. You can kind of like make it your own. But you can be like, Why am I doing this right now? Or like or or people are like, What do you do with this hand? And I'm like, What do I do with this hand? And then <laughs> yeah. you gotta do it again and be like, Oh, I put it right here. Yeah. Why do I put it? Oh, this is why I do this. You know what I mean? So it's I think teaching it makes you realize why you do the things you do. And that's one of the things that I try to teach when I'm, when I'm teaching jiu is is like not just how, but why you're doing it in that situation. I think that's why a lot of our guys are
2: as good as
1: they are is because they know why. They just don't know how. You know
2: what I mean? I feel like you pick up a ton of nuance, too, while you're doing it. Like It's almost like I can see you pick things up on your own accord. Right. And it's the nuances that that, yeah. are slowly becoming the thing that, to me that are, is what jujitsu is because you'll be like, yeah, do it like this. I'm like, motherfucker, I am doing it like that. <laughs> it's just not working. <laughs> and then it's a one teeny tiny adjustment exactly. that ends up making think, it work.
3: I think as a student that, you know, I've been training for, what, four years now, and, um, you know, I've seen a lot of techniques, and, you know, I've probably thrown out a ton of techniques, but there's, there's a lot of things that work for me that are part of my game but i get stalled out sometimes because everybody knows i'm going to do this certain technique and like i think uh, when we were down in philly it was like clear evidence of that like one little one little nuance to that technique one slight change can really get you excited about jiu jitsu again because you kind of stall out sometimes and when you see these new techniques it's really like eye opening so as a teacher especially for fundamentals um, when you see so i only teach like so many techniques right like derek gives me a lot of amount of techniques and i don't really want to overstep that bounds Sometimes I'm showing these techniques that I know these guys have all drilled a million times. Like a lot of times it, my, my class is full of purple belts and I'm a purple belt and I'm just like, Ugh, like what can I really show these guys? But sometimes showing, okay, you know how to do this, but if you do it slightly different, if you do it this way, if you get this grip, if you put your hand here, it's going to change your whole game and your outcomes are going to be completely different. And I think that for me right now, when, when somebody takes the time to say you're doing this, this and this, right. But if you add this, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like, it's really going to excel your game, and I think that's really important to like a more advanced student is just seeing those little nuances and being able to build on that. Right. Because, because you, you yeah, see all the polishing these polishing we've talked yeah, about. It's polishing. Just, it's not, just, yeah,
1: it's just you're not you're not building anymore. You're polishing. You yeah, I mean, so. I mean
0: the, the, there's like d- direct correlation between. Uh, I mean, when I'm teaching CrossFit is is like it's and, and my my student. I actually I think some of my students have like or my regulars, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they have nicknamed it pro tips. <laughs> right. So instead of just well, saying like instead of like saying like oh just do a wall ball you're gonna squat down throw that wall ball up on the wall. It's um get your feet a little bit wider so you I mean you you're a little bit more efficient with your movement and don't sit there and look up at the target the entire time because you're breaking your spinal chain. Like keep your head like kind of level and use your eyes more than you use your head. It's like little tiny tweaks like that. Those polishing movements make a world of difference in pretty much anything that you do, whether it be BJJ or CrossFit.
1: I think, well, so one of the things that's going on right now is, and um, so Scott and I are the only ones that do CrossFit here. So, but to kind of relate it to. Um, you two are salads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lift some weights, God damn it. You, you just call me soft. I can joke you. <laughs> you have I'll be better time than I you want. for at least another six months, buddy. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm so screwed next time I'm
1: like, you. You can't even stop it. But uh, but, uh, but one of the things going on. Quicksand! <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that's going on in the CrossFit world right now is the regional, which is like the top, what is it, top 50 people from each region. Or Numbers. Whatever. Something yeah. like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a arbitrary, arbitrary number of people in each region compete to go to the CrossFit Games. Top five people in each region go to the CrossFit Games. And I've had this discussion with a ton of people like, oh, you know, where do you think the difference is to go to the games or not? I, it's just it's your technique. It's what how technically good you are. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm willing to bet like, yeah, you know what, those guys that go to the games Especially, like I would say, we can talk about this too. Is like I would say, a lot of those top guys are on fucking performance-enhancing drugs, which is you know whatever. Neither here nor there. But But they're they're tested. Yeah, I think once a year. Once a year, year year and it's scheduled. You know what that is? That's an IQ test, asshole. (laughs) Let's be (laughs) fair, jujitsu. Oh yeah, but here's the erroneous. Well, erroneous. Here, here's the thing about that too is whoever has. The best technique is gonna win. You know what I mean. Marcelo
2: Garcia probably not on steroids, right?
1: (laughs) And the and the most technical. So one thing that I've been noticing at the CrossFit game or the regional this year is that like the people that do the little things during the exercises are the guys that win. Like I saw some guy doing like, and they talked about it on wall balls. I don't know if you wall balls. You have a a twenty pound wall ball. It's like a basketball that weighs twenty pounds. You squat down. And you stand up and you throw it up and you hit this target and then you catch it and you go down for a certain amount of numbers. You throw it. I blast that shit. Well, one of the things that they were talking about was when this guy throws the wall balls up, instead of just bringing his arms straight down, he was flailing his arms out and coming back down so that the blood would rush out of his shoulders and back down to his fingertips. Lo and behold, that was the guy that won. You know what I mean? Because his arms arms didn't feel like concrete when he got done doing 170 wall balls. You know what
2: I mean? If the verdict isn't in, in regards to technique being a major (laughs) driver for things like CrossFit or anything that's like that, people are just fucking blind at this point. There's no argument anymore. Well, like even
1: like, so like, I'm willing to bet like, I mean, maybe not, but my, like, so like, especially like clean, like full squat clean, like an Olympic lift. The whole reason that my squat clean isn't as high as it could be is because my technique isn't great. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like those like I've seen like you can't tell me that I'm not fucking stronger than a hundred and fifteen pound girl. That but right. there's some hundred and fifteen pound girls that fucking squat clean almost two hundred pounds. Yeah, you know yeah. What I
0: mean, it's what it's what I like to say sometimes just to be a dick in class. It's like you know what? Somewhere in China, there's a there's a 10-year-old girl that's warming up with your PR. Yeah, right, but she's got exactly. a cock, too. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> aggressive. Very aggressive.
2: Just saying, they two feet, may, they two may feet. be Did taking... Did we say she was Chinese? may two be feet. taking supplements. So hey, the
0: Chinese got the best supplements.
1: <laughs>
2: but like, o- I, I mean, I watched beaver
0: tranquilizers.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: let, it, let it sit. Let it sit. Oh, <laughs> It's a
3: dodgeball <laughs> reference. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> sorry, so anyway.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I saw Maddie Myers, who looks like she's about 12, weighs 135 pounds, like touch and go, squat clean, 185 pounds. I'm like, I'm struggling to do that.
2: Yeah, I actually had to Google because I, I get on Facebook, I don't do CrossFit, but all you ding dongs do. So I see all your posts. So I see a lot of those videos. And I actually had to Google the weight of a plate to see if it changed. Because I'm like, there's no fucking way these tiny girls well, I think it's are even... cleaning does fucking it... three plates. I'm like, that's not possible. Does any, do you, any of
1: you guys follow um, Flow Grappling on Facebook? I yes. follow Derek Stevens, who yes.
2: does a lot yeah, of Flow that's Grappling. that's more accurate. <laughs> you <laughs> you pick out all you, my shit for you, me. You
3: share, post everything. So there was a post, so post I of...
1: It. I don't, you guys know who the Meow Brothers are, right? Yep. Who, yep. Like, they're twin brothers that are brazilian who clearly have some asian descent somewhere in their family uh, can you go into more detail about it, that it, they look like the japanese okay but they're from brazil got it and
2: there's a lot of different types of asian
1: Oh. Pete, would you like to discuss this further? <laughs> I would not. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that I look the same.
3: Look at that nervous laughter.
1: That
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> didn't take long. <laughs> uh, uh.
1: But they, they do CrossFit as a strength and conditioning, and it's funny. They posted a video of them doing a CrossFit workout on there, and they're sitting at a, at a squat rack, right? And the bars on the squat rack, and there's plates on the bar, whatever, and like some guys like. 135 pounds on a smith machine it's like man they're weak i'm like well first of all that's not a smith machine and second of all that's not even 135 pounds it's probably <laughs> 95 pounds and they're probably not squatting with it like i was like you're so fucking dense like it's just it's funny like how if you're not like in that group of people you know what i mean like if you haven't tried it the like how just unaware people are you know what i mean like I was like, that's well, you're not even a, lifting, it's on a Smith machine. It's, you know, <laughs> I,
2: I just saw there was a great one of those little montages of people dropping weights on their head, which I can't get enough of. It's just fucking great. But it's shocking to me that those videos still exist because Olympic style lifts are intimidating as fuck. And they should be because you could really hurt yourself. It's shocking to me that people go to the gym, throw some weights on, and try and do it without any real instruction. Like if you look at every one of those, they're never in a crossfit gym they're never in a private lesson it's usually them set up with their phone at like fucking planet fitness <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what i mean so it's like what, they, what? thank you for saying that as 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 a crossfit enthusiast thank you very much for saying well, that it, but it's it's staggering to me that they would think that they could do that that, that there's there's so much information out there like i feel like i i'm not going to try and Ride a BMX. Well, the directions, (laughs) the the
0: directions on the pre-workout bottle said that you could. So
2: yeah, right. Pre-workout. That's one thing I'd like to talk about. Did Did anyone know that all CrossFitters are apparently on drugs? They're all on drugs because pre-workout is clearly heroin. No, it's, no. It, it can't be heroin. It, I looked. At it, 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 it can't, it, can't it. be heroin because heroin makes
1: you fall asleep. You it's like, dickhead.
2: You look, at, you look at the ingredients. It's like caffeine, cocaine, heroin. It's it's a it's a speedball in a bag. <laughs> no, no,
1: heroin makes you not out. Come on. I, I don't, I've You're never done. I want Methuen. No. You should know about heroin. Hey. <laughs> <Dude, laughs>
3: Methuen. Come Mithuin on. Methuen is God's country. That's, that's where a, kings that's are a, born. That's a, nice, that's a nice little town.
2: It is a nice little town. There's no meth there. Well, there's probably a little. Um, there's, probably a little meth. there's probably a
5: little meth. Yeah. They actually. Uh, it's actually in the ble- ble- name. Ble- <laughs> 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 well Meth- done, sir. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, actually, I've
2: never heard that before. I'm sure that's going to become a joke at some point. Sorry, guys. Meth- uh
0: Believe it or not, but uh, CrossFit HQ actually did uh, make certain substances in pre-workouts uh, illegal. I think one of them was grapeseed extract or something like that, which, is, which messes with your... Um,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure I, that I, CrossFit I, I, HQ has made sugar legal. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're trying to. They're trying
0: to. Uh, but uh, no, they, they've actually they actually have a list of list of banned substances um, that is found. They show in, up in pre-workout. I think it's like I think like Jack 3D is one of those one of those uh, brands or, that which has is, which is steroids, <laughs> right? Well, if I, you've never taken Jack 3D, it's a fucking experience.
2: Yeah. My my highly <laughs> scientific. Tingles take on both supplements and nutrition is if it works too good it's probably not long-term good for you because nothing works right away and if you talk to anyone that takes pre-workout they're like oh yeah it works right away that can't be good that's heroin you're doing drugs druggies
1: no no if you made the comparison to cocaine i would believe you but heroin does not it's not an upper it does not compute compute. i didn't know that
0: But if they I've made a post-workout that out. was like never. heroin, I probably Neither. would try it. Right? Because, I mean, you just want to come down, just relax, and let
1: your
2: muscles go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, like, getting warm, it's, like, it's, it's like getting a warm <laughs> hug from the universe. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, right? Yeah. The ingredients
5: in Jack 3D, there's no heroin.
2: Oh, yeah, but they got arginine alpha-coglutarate, creatine monohydrate. <laughs> I know heroin. that one. Beta alanine. Carnosin, caffeine, dimethyltryptamine. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was dimethyl something, so it's probably in the so,
0: ballpark. Uh, to give you that happy feeling, <laughs> beta-alanine actually helps you. Uh, it, it helps your endurance. Um, it, it basically lowers your or, or raises your lactic acid threshold. Lactic acid threshold and um, caffeine, obviously, just going to jack you up. It's just like in a huge amount, a huge amount. Um, the I feel like di- I- di- dimethyl, I think, whatever the dimethylalamine HCL. That's um, that's a test booster. I, I, I wish I um, remember the guy's name, but uh, I
1: you could you soon. could just give me flash niacin and I would be happy.
2: That's the shit that makes you bright red, right? Yeah, and it makes that's your skin n- tingly, makes yeah. your and, skin
1: tingles. and your fucking beard feel like it's gonna stand <laughs> yeah, on it's end. It's radioactive. Which is awesome. <laughs> Actually, I've never I've never experienced if, the, if the beard. The it's, it's always it's, it's always the hair. True. My my beard hair is long enough where it feels like my beard is staying like standing straight up on flash nice and it's awesome it's I, remember, I
0: remember i remember the days when like there was uh, there your your uh availability to have <coughs> caffeine was was limited like i remember like i think eighth grade like people were just like oh my god
5: jolt have you had
0: jolt <laughs> yeah. it's so much caffeine now you've got like monster bfg cans which Stands for big fucking no BFC B big fucking can, um, <laughs> <laughs> and like you've got twelve year olds drinking BFCs down the road, and it's just like you've just all you've got all these twelve year olds running around like completely wired, and like no the, wonder the crime uh, rate is going uh, up. <laughs> the, the availability of caffeine to to, to the energy. masses is is way 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 more uh, way bigger than it, what it used to be. I mean, you used to be able to get just Jolt. Now it's like, it's everywhere. And it's in everything espresso, Yeah. Two
3: thoughts. Uh, I remember I worked at a grocery store when the, when the BFC came out and the sales rep for monster was like, so pumped up about it. I'm like, dude, you're a cunt. Yeah. Like, you're gonna ruin these kids' lives. <laughs> like that's so much sugar. That's so much caffeine for like a fourteen-year-old kid. He's gonna immediately get, become yeah. obese. But immediately second, no uh,
2: fucking pre-diabetic from the amount of insulin shocks right they're getting on a regular basis. It's like four-
0: I, I, I I'm I don't know if Ron's gonna jump on me with this one, but if like if you have a twelve-year-old kid and you're a parent and you're buying a BFC for him. You're a fucking it's terrible abusive, parent. Right.
2: You are a terrible yeah. parent. My wife just recently outlawed triscuits Thank because you. they're unhealthy. <laughs> if if we're fucking arguing over triscuits, how far west of making good decisions are people that are that buying just, their kids Monster Energy drinks? One of on hilarious,
1: which probably speaks volumes probably to the way the I film. am. It's, yeah, <laughs> My, like. Granted, it was when I got my license. My, my mom would give me a fifty on Friday and be like, "I don't want to see you till Monday." That's a yes. good mother. That's a good mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like just, just go do something. She well, didn't, I,
3: she didn't buy you the the energy drink. She just gave you a fifty dollar bill and said,
2: "Get out of my face." That's but different. that was
1: for gas, food, and any entertainment I wanted for two whole days. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. My impulse is to cover my kids in bubble wrap. I'm trying my best to make them huge pussies. <laughs> It's it's based in love, but the impulse is strong. I tell you. Did that you buy eventually. them
3: rollerblades for Christmas?
2: No, those are too dangerous. <laughs> but kid, I, kids, are, I feel kids like... are rubbery and they heal fast for a reason. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, it's anything that made you cool was always the difficult things. It's just really, really hard to put that on your kids. It's not. I always love how cavalier people are, but I'm going to make my kids tough, and they're going to do this and do that. The first time you see like your kid fall down and skin their knee, you're like ah! Like you turn into like a fucking don't ape yell into the, the microphone like that. That was a piece. <laughs> First timer. What? Well, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's just you're. There's a biological response to any harm that happens to your kid, and you have to be incredibly disciplined to fight the impulse to immediately end the threat and make them comfortable. Like, that's, that's like, you, you can feel biologically that that's your what kids? you're meant to be. Three and six. That's Why um, isn't your six-year-old doing jiu-jitsu? Um, yeah. you can't, you can't jiu-jitsu is Pete's time. It's not his no. child's uh, time. That, that's part of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering sure. if that would come up. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do want my kids to do it, but it's like anything else. What My goal is is to expose them to it. And they're curious about it now in this place that I go. You know, the next step will be to bring them and let them see it. And I want them to ask to do it and, you know, and then start to support them and encourage them and things of that nature. Have you but shown
1: them like jujitsu videos? I like have.
2: I've showed them a lot of jujitsu videos. What I try and do is it's some, awesome. Some,
1: some Mackenzie Dern videos?
2: Well, actually, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Daddy watches Mackenzie Dern videos to learn jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is she dancing on a chair? Why is like, she always sh- at the beach? Sh- jujitsu. Uh, no, but I show her a lot her, of women. Her, her
1: bum's hanging out, Daddy.
2: <laughs> yes, it is, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I show her a lot of women Stronger rolling lower because makes for I just technique. want them. I want them to uh, uh, to see women doing things.
1: Googling like Mackenzie Dern over there, <laughs> are you? <Yep. laughs> and
2: that's that's part that's of the plan. Like. <laughs> Enhance. If you use the little screen, Enhance. you have a free hand. So he's good. She's attractive. You've never seen her before. Nope. She loves me. Hands she on the table, Scott. Know. Oh, and she's a badass jiu-jitsu girl, and that's what I want. She's super girly, and she's good at jiu-jitsu. <coughs> that's you what your, I want. Her, to her Instagram is even better, buddy.
1: Um, I gotta so get Instagram.
2: Now, now has, has, it, has your six year old
1: built a three foot high
2: ramp for your for her uh, big wheel yet? No, <laughs> she has. She has no. <laughs> she, she's not living yet. <laughs> uh, this, no, this is great. This is. And then we'll get away from my kids because it's boring. But uh, my two kids, <gasps> the dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> the dichotomy is insane like my oldest one would stand at the top of the stairs and scream for somebody to come get her because she immediately recognized the risk and my three-year-old will stand at the top of the stairs and she her eyes light up and she's like i can fucking land it you know that, that that's the difference between just the, the nature of these two kids but that's,
1: pure Gracie right there. that's oh my Mackenzie Dern. but that's
2: that's mckenzie duren hi mckenzie <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go, guys. <laughs> good podcast.
0: I'll be in the car. Um, <laughs> no, the, I mean the, this all. This all brings up to mind. Like, uh, uh, I, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Phones upside down, everybody.
3: <laughs> um, I shut my phone off and put it in my pocket. Yeah. Um, I like a good that. guest.
2: Derek would have a nervous the, uh, breakdown if he did that. I love. I love it's the, the your uh, fucking the wife. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I
3: love the, the meme game you... with Derek, and he looked at his phone the entire time. <laughs>
1: Let's let's be honest. I was at a hockey game with you and your stepdad. What else was I fucking going to do? <laughs> Drink a beer. Um I did that.
2: Watch the carnival. Sorry, go ahead, Scott.
0: Seeing all the memes uh that, that's like uh it has like a really old school 70s picture of like a little kid, bashed up knees, like just shitty bandages free, free all over range his knees. Parenting. Free range I mean like sit on his big wheel or a shitty bike and he's there's like a huge jump that he just poorly constructed in the background just like
1: I can remember making jumps out of uh, a two by four and tires like how fucking retarded was i i can
0: wait, like, i can keep that line that's <laughs> the thing like kids growing up need to know how to assess risk by themselves not yes. just like and and i mean this kind of goes across the board as like becoming like the pacification of america and neater, i know neater. that's a really really bold statement but it's just like kids like like you said like there's way too many kids out there that are bubble wrapped. I, I, they at are. At all times, of the day. They are bubble wrapped. <clears throat> yeah, they're that too.
2: I fully agree with the pussification thing. Like, I think we're becoming a copy of a copy of a copy. And, you know, it was only the original version, it was really badass. So I see that, and I, I, I feel you. that too. Well, that's true, man. Um, as a whole, look, there's, in, there's look into my beard. <laughs> <laughs> there we, there we go. It's not even in its full form right now. It's in summer mode. It is in summer mode. You got the puppy shaving, cut. I was thinking about shaving it off. To be honest with <laughs> you, that's what I'm calling it from now on—the puppy cut. Uh, but I, can't I, I th- can't wait to roll again. I was slightly oh, disappointed God. after like September 11th. I thought that there would. Yeah, be we like all were, <laughs> <laughs> I thought there'd be a <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, I just Jesus. thought that was a tough event. That's all. No, I thought that there would be like sort of a resurgence of or an okayness to be manly again, and it went away real quick. What was it? Fucking two thousand five. Before any sort of you know badass impulse went away, and we were all just like, "Oh man, it's awesome to not have to do anything difficult again." Mm-hmm. I do think, however, if we were tested in the ways that like a lot of our parents or grandparents were. September 11th was horrible, but there wasn't an immediate call to action that you might be involved in. The draft is the first thing that I always think of. I'd like to think that if we got drafted, that at least the five people in this room aren't moving to fucking Canada. Like, we might not be as badass as, you know, our grandparents, but I think there's plenty of people that are not pussies. And I do think that, you know, if anyone shook the hornet's nest hard enough, that we'd be fine. I don't think that we're completely bunch of lollygagging bitches
1: well yeah, i mean this, but, this, but this, also look at look at the five people in this room we're not really the we're a fucking controlled study you know what i mean, yeah, I mean for like, sure yeah. we're not.
0: well i mean this brings this brings the conversation uh full circle to uh like enrollment in the bjj community because i mean look at what you're basically signing up to do you're you're trying to convince people to be like hey why don't you come in and try BJJ out? And by the way, you are gonna get fucking choked the first time you <laughs> walk in there. You're or, gonna be or how real about bad this? You are gonna, like, gonna,
1: gonna get the shit kicked out of you for probably the first year, yeah, or more.
0: You are gonna, you are gonna have, you are gonna be in positions where like some dude's face is in your face, his arm, like I was yesterday, his arm is across your neck. You feel like you are choking. You are like you go, your brain goes into panic mode at that point, like, and you gotta sit there and just go. work through it don't panic and that's the kind of thing is like there's not a lot of people there's not a lot of dudes there's not a lot of people in general out there that want to voluntarily be in that situation and that's kind of what's wrong you should like every guy in their soul should be like
2: fuck yeah i want to do that like i want to do that so i can learn how to get out of that that is what i don't understand i i think maybe it's because people are delusional At how far they are from someone that can actually defend themselves. Like the the gap between them and somebody who's proficient in any martial art, I think is way deeper. It certainly was for me. Like I thought that I came in fully aware that I was one of the bad.
1: We got to have him on the podcast eventually. But so Jim DeLuca, who might be one of the most badass men I've ever met ever.
3: He's up there for sure. And
1: he's he's what? He's our age. He's 30, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) But like he's. Like as far as like normal individual, like not no military experience, just like a real man. Yeah, like the dude. But he like one of his famous quotes that he always says is you don't know what you know until you fight someone who knows nothing. <laughs> because that's what it's like. He's like, It's almost comical. It's easy. Like the shit that people do when they get into a fight, you're like, Are you really doing this right now? Like like it's right. it's almost om- like it's like it's 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 funny. Like you're like you're, you're giving me exactly what I want to happen.
2: Right. And that's tactics. Just think of, like, most people that think they're badass have never had to deal with a sudden and unexpected adrenaline rush. Like, right. They've never felt their body all of a sudden tell them to stop moving. Right. You know, what What if that happens?
1: We've talked about this, after, too. Is after
2: like, you've talked shit.
1: <laughs> right, right. We've talked about this, too, like, even just from, like, Oops. having a firearm. Like, people are like, what? Why don't you? Why didn't that guy shoot him in the foot to stop him? I'm like, have you ever had someone run at you screaming and tried to right. even hit them with a fucking firearm?
2: Like, there's, it's, it's almost impossible. There's a small few of us that can put an eye out from fifty yards under pressure. It's a very, very small group of us. That can't do
5: you guys? Do that. you guys mind if I, <laughs> I throw something in here? So it's you're talking about getting people involved in jujitsu, um, yeah. but I think you know Scott. Scott is is certainly like seven ace already. Ready for jujitsu? jitsu walking in. I mean, you're, 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 you're comfortable fighting, you're, you're a odd. strong dude, you know what's going on, right? But I think to get somebody involved, it's easy for us who do this to forget how far it is just to show up at the door, starting with like, number one, you stand too close to someone... <laughs> It feels weird. This is someone who's never fought. Like, just sta- breaking into someone's sort of close zone. You know that guy who, you, I don't know, I'm a hugger. I'll, every now and then I'll hug somebody who does not want to get hugged. And Two weeks like, ago you did that to me. Oh, that's okay. That's do that to me every
1: time I see you. <laughs> but, I like and I hugs. do jujitsu. Yeah. But,
5: but you, you know what, so forget about that. Then, okay, it's probably gay. There are a bunch of, you know, pajama guys all rolling around. Right. Then... There's like, what is my girlfriend going to say? I'm going to take time or, you know, my sister. Or once I start doing this, is everybody going to think I'm a badass? Am I going to be able to? Before you even you're start. That, There's lots it, of barriers to entry. No, but I mean, you're not saying. even close to even getting to the fighting part. And then to be, I'll throw it out here because it's great for the podcast. Guns. Yeah. Uh, there are guys in our in our academy who come in as white belts and you can see it on their face. Like, I'm doing this, but. You know, you watch their Facebook or whatever, and it's just, they obviously think that because they have a gun, they're fine. So, this is sort of like a supplement. And you're going, man, like that attitude of, like, since I have my, you know, self defense covered because I have a gun, because obviously, you guys who know what you're doing know that that is not how this thing works. The idea is that I think you have five or six barriers before you even get to where you guys are talking about where you're going to get choked for six months, whatever. I don't really think that that's a big deal, yeah, to be honest. Maybe, I, I think that's that's one of the yeah. less smaller areas. Yeah, it's
2: one of the things to add on what you're saying, Ron, you know, we're, what everyone here is talking about as the hard parts of jiu-jitsu is the realization that you're going to get choked for a year. I think the people that don't do jiu-jitsu have 75 excuses before that. They're like, I, I'm not going to get choked anyway. But you know, I think it's a, a lot of the other logistical things that are probably. There. I, have,
3: I have tremendous respect for someone who doesn't know anybody in jujitsu and just shows up. I think that's the hardest thing to do. I think I knew somebody like Pete. You did the, that, that. That was that. the hardest, the hey, hardest just, day of jujitsu. Just getting yourself in the door, I think, is is so I, hard.
2: Literally, it was like a first date. It was at the uh, the downtown <laughs> academy. It was the middle of the day on a Friday. I treated you nice. Uh, the, the day I walked in, mm. not the day I trained first. It was the middle of the day, and like I'm like I walked by, and I'm like. Oh, I'm not sure if there's anyone in there. You know, I started making the excuses in my head. Maybe, maybe this is a bad time for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to interrupt. That's rude. Uh, and I walked in, and it was Derek and Danny, Danny by themselves, rolling. You know, it was the Heart. noon class on Friday, <laughs> and they were g- yeah. Go and, and I'm like at it, yeah. It, it, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, this is so fucking weird on so many different <laughs> levels. And I was literally I had like a shake to me. I'm like ah. Uh, I don't really know what to do. Do you remember what you said to me? We this is all, you were
5: also an athlete coming in. Yeah, I mean, you played team sports very heavily, right? Yeah. Anyway,
2: yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was, I had been in that weird situation, but this one was new to me. Martial arts was new, competition wasn't. But I walked in, and you know, I was like, "This is the weirdest thing." And like, anything had gone wrong in that, I would have probably never come back. And just be like, thanks for the flyer. See you Monday. Not. Um, but you said to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you like it. You like the guys in here. And it was in the you was like mid roll. You came over, shook my hand. And he goes, it'll change your life forever. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the least douchey. <laughs> Who said that? Derek did. It was his it was his it was this was his Oscar moment. It, it, he said, how it, dare it, you? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it'll change your life forever. And it was a very matter of fact. It'll change your life forever. And he had complete conviction and that was the the spark of curiosity. And it was also like my blood pressure went down about fucking 50 points after that. Because I was like, okay. he just The two things that he referenced was that he likes everyone in here, they're a bunch of cool guys, and that it'll make your life better. And
1: Well, ever it, since you showed up, that's not true anymore. That's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it all down. I broke that streak. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I get it. But I, without that, it's a weird thing.
3: Uh, a yeah, Weird thing to start. For a new guy, like acknowledging that we've all sucked at it at some point is very important oh, like you know when i see like a new guy like struggling in line drills like i'll go right up next to him and i'll do him with him right. until he gets it right well, And
2: just make him feel like part of the team yeah. too. Uh, there's two parts of it there's a part of well, i think that's like the other thing that's awesome about our academy and too, feeling like everyone does you're that. not an outsider and it's easy you walk in and you know our academy is terrible because it's so small and there's so many people that have been here for a long time it's real easy to not recognize that someone's been standing in the corner without anyone to talk to for 10 minutes. It becomes high school again. You're like, oh, fuck, do these guys not like me? No, they just know each other a long time. when yeah. someone comes over and like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Glad you're coming and all that." That goes a long fucking way with most human beings.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely like I'm probably the 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 biggest voice in this is like out of all cuz you guys have been going there for so long like, that's what, exactly what everybody did. They came in, introduced themselves, said hi, whatever. Everyone's been super helpful. The academy is not full of a bunch of gorillas that are going to put your face into the mat and just like Stomp your head as they walk away after like fucking white belt. Well, they'll say um,
2: hi first. What was that? They'll say hi first. They'll say hi <laughs> first. Um, D- Derek also but, said that the first day. He said, "It's not like anyone in here is going to kick your ass." Dot dot dot, and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I and I didn't know what that meant, but carry on. It, it it like it
0: really like I've learned something from every single person that I've rolled with there, um,
2: and, and it's been an amazing experience. That's for that's for sure. Um, it's, it's a good spot. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on since we do have a gun guy here, you know, we're talking about that. I I mentioned it for a second, like you don't know what you're going to do when you panic and it's involuntary. I don't get that as much with jujitsu or fighting. The few times that I've gone to shoot a gun, I have an involuntary response where I have an incredibly difficult time, like just like breathing, reacting, focusing. Like I have like, it's completely, completely not... On my own accord. Like, it's a, it's a biological thing. I can tell You're, it's not mental. Have,
1: I mean, despite what people say. So, like, guns, I, I love guns. The question is, how do I get over that? But carry on. But, oh, well, yeah. so I, I love guns. And, gun like, it's so much fun to go shoot and, you know, and all that stuff. You have to come to the realization that you have, or, or I think that the realization that is in your head that you haven't voiced yet is that you have an instrument of death. Yeah. in your hand you know what I mean that's that's what that gun was created for It's very acute was to kill something and the f- sooner you realize that and get over it I think is when that stuff starts and you can't get complacent but you have to realize that like
2: you have the responsibility of an instrument of death in your hands Scott do you, you think it has a lot to do with just enough <laughs> repetition too do you get yes. do you need to get desensitized that, that, that,
0: that, that's, that's exactly what I was about to say when you said you went and shot like how many rounds did you shoot
2: couple <laughs> uh, probably like 50 i want to say like over the course of yeah you're you know, still you still an have hour and a half
0: you still have nerves right. you still are are jumpy you're probably still like and it was jerking different the trigger a handgun. And,
2: i was like this fucking thing's closer to me this is terrible. I,
0: I, i'm sure that like every one of your shots was like not where you intended to place no I'd they were needed. all
2: bullseyes but that's different <laughs> <laughs> but it's 400 yards a long way <laughs> with a handgun For <laughs> <With> a handgun <laughs> bullseye i lofted a man you know for the bullseyes it was weird but anyway um did did you whip it? Yeah, were you bending the bullets? I, I, well, were you bending the bullets? That was only after someone What, stood what in front movie of you. was that? What movie? Oh, oh w- great wanted, movie. Wanted. Wanted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wanted. A, what a tremendous movie. Yeah. Very underrated. <laughs> was that <laughs> Angelina Jolie an and uh, I f- I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, it was it was the same year as Roots and it won. <laughs> um
3: yeah, uh Pink, how does Roots make
2: you feel. <laughs> Motion picture. Actually, it was a TV event. <laughs> Kunta kente
0: so- or Toby? Which one do you go with? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'll get I'll get back to to, <laughs> to the answer. But like, I actually I actually was at a uh, I was down in uh, New Orleans at at a a shooting race. Shut up. Stop calling me a model. I'm not a model.
1: Oh, I did see your modeling shot. That was (sighs) nice. You do have nice teeth. Hey,
2: your titties (laughs) look big, too. It must have been the forward force of you trying to stop. Gun bunny. Fucking a regular
1: regular gun bunny. Don't
3: don't be jealous
0: of my man tits. You're going to be laying on
2: a Lamborghini with no time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just call
3: you Mr. December.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You just got your jiu-jitsu nickname. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt, just, <laughs> Matt
1: just gave me you your fucking jiu-jitsu nickname.
2: <laughs> oh, oh. They're always born organically and that just happened. I get it that. Yeah. Fucking. a lot of nicknames to
3: people. The funny thing is it's not
1: it's going to start as Mr. December and then it's just going to go to December.
2: Like yeah. you're just going to be December from now on.
0: Well, my middle name is Winter, so. All
2: right, Calendar Boy, what was your story? <laughs> Does uh, it involve New Orleans? Orleans.
0: So yeah, uh, did I you have beads on or no. in? No, it was it was it was the <laughs> week after.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I'll be here all week. Uh, I think that's the first butt Thank joke in this you. podcast. It can't be, it can't
0: can be. Um, so. Yes, I was at a range down in New Orleans. I was not wearing beads or uh <laughs> anyway asserting <laughs> exactly um and uh the 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 guy that was that was in control of the range it was an indoor range uh he said he was like you there, you'd be surprised at what I've seen uh he's like I've seen people try to do like the the slanted gun tilt like kill shot uh like a gangster <laughs> like grabbing their packages and shooting like he's like I literally saw someone try to bend a bullet." Um <laughs> <laughs> this is and this is like your standard shooting range where like you're in this little tiny booth um and there's not a lot of room to move. So this guy's like trying to trying to like whip his gun around. So unsafe. Uh <laughs> I, was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Somebody actually tried to do things like no joke, man. Somebody tried, to, so, somebody tried to do that. I was like, that's ridiculous.
2: Uh, it goes back to the disconnect between what you think things are and the reality. Well, I was like, that's my, that's
1: my biggest gripe with
2: The Walking Dead.
1: Like, awesome show. But when, you're running, when you're running Kills down, down the street it, and you're a, headshotting it, it, people, I'm like, that's not yeah. how to fucking uh, taken, works. The greatest. Not,
0: not to mention a lot of them have not had prior gun experience. You are not a fucking ninja like right, like right. when when the world turns into zombies <laughs> you're, you're not going to be a ninja right, doesn't it right away. doesn't take like a
3: half hour to put a put an arrow in a crossbow it takes a long time right, right and he's yeah. just like yeah. headshot everybody
1: right it's, it takes it takes a really long the time the movie to load. taken
2: everyone was like ah oh, that movie's awesome i couldn't get over the fact he fires 49 bullets in that movie and there's 50 headshots and his other big. How do movie- you feel about Deadpool? Deadpool, I, like Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> I love Deadpool. D- time out. He's a superhero. That's you look different. like an avocado. <laughs> Liam Neeson was supposed to be avocado. a normal guy. It's all headshots. In his other move in close quarters, he just kicks their knee out from under them, and they do a forward flip.
0: Well, he's not a normal guy. He was actually specially trained.
2: Yeah, he was. But I think he was supposed to be like CIA or some shit. Yeah, like he that. was. But he was forty nine headshots. No. Nah. Um, from moving boats off, falling off of bridges, twisted ankle. No, did, did anybody it, watch all three? Oh yeah, of course I did. You did? Yeah, I only watched the first one. Yeah, oh, no, you I think I, I, saw it. It. You I, I saw it. You got to get, I got You got to get involved.
0: Once. Taken two, the Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: I will watch any level of bad movie, but those are not that bad.
0: Uh, the the one movie that I really like. What what's, what's funny about this, and we're talking about all these like headshots and precision shots and like training and all that stuff, is uh, John Wick. And you're just watching oh. John Wick and be like, oh my god, he's moving the gun like so fast, it's, it's impossible. And then you see Keanu's uh, Keanu's like training video of him like running through a button. I was like, holy shit, the dude could shoot, he can shoot a gun. Uh, but and, no one else he can and? do Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu.
1: Mm-hmm. He's training with Higgin Machado,
3: um,
1: who's a legend. When
3: he pulled a Tate Fletcher down by his beard and shot him in the head. Awesome. <laughs> I like. I mean, that movie was ridiculous, but I loved it. Purely based on the fact that he went on that entire rampage because somebody killed his dog, and I'm like, valid. Yeah. Go right ahead. Sir. Well, they He'd stole that from Lone people.
2: Wolf McQuade, one of the greatest movies of all time. I've never seen it. I thought they killed his wife too. No, the dog is really what set him yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, I've seen <laughs> Wild Wolf died in movies before. Too much yeah. with dogs. No, the dog. He had a sweet. Was, it was, was a it? Bronco? Yeah, <laughs> sweet, sweet Bronco in that movie.
0: I remember. Um, that. So back to back to the original question of uh, <laughs> get, getting used Slight to tangent get, yeah, digress. getting uh getting used to a firearm yeah. like it, it really is like repetition and and you will get uh, you will get used to it you'll you'll learn little things and like uh like the the theme of like everything we talked about uh it's polishing and that's what it is getting out and continuously doing it and right. polishing and polishing and polishing until you will get like very comfortable i was nervous as hell the first time i started picking up firearms when I started drawing out of a holster off my hip, like hell yeah, I was I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna shoot my leg. Yeah, that I'm gonna horrifies shoot my leg. me. I'm gonna shoot my leg, right? No, it's just you. It, it what it is is discipline and being there in the moment. Don't think about things. Don't try to rush through things, and that goes to say about. Anything that you do that that we do if like if you just try to be this blunt force object and try to be fucking ninja right off the bat, you're gonna learn a really really, really harsh lesson, whether it be CrossFit. Wasn't a Bronco. Whether, <laughs> whether it be Jiu-Jitsu or whatever damn. damn
2: fuck, it had the hood ornament, didn't it? I should have known that. I love that movie. Sorry. I, to that point, I am so sick of everything requiring tons of practice to get good at it. <laughs> Every time I ask somebody how something happens, it's like, oh, you got to work for a lot of years. You know what? Fuck you. I want to be good at something naturally. That, that, that <laughs> or, being
1: said, I, if you've seen that meme, it's like, oh, my car's broken down. And the guy's like, okay, that's okay. I'm going to blue belt. Yeah. <laughs> like. I feel like so, uh, and then this goes along with, like being semi-serious. Is um, have you ever read the book, uh, the Book of Five Rings, by Miyamoto Musashi? Like
2: is that like the one ring to unite them? Different book. No, yeah. <laughs> that's Boo, a Lord of the Man. man. That's,
3: Seriously, that's, with that's, a Lord of the Rings? That's Lord Tastes of the Rings. Shit. I was trolling.
2: <laughs> you, you
1: were telling bad jokes. Is Sorry, what you're doing. doing?
2: Dad jokes. Bad jokes. <laughs> I'm a dad. I'm, I have license. Sorry. Book of five rings.
1: But that's pretty much how his whole thing is. He was a ronin sword fighter in Japan. He was a samurai. And, yes. uh, but he pretty much the whole thing talks about, if you get really good at one thing, that getting really good at other things then becomes easy because then you yeah. can kind of find the pathways and the avenues and make the connections. And you know. And then we talked about this with um, Kevin a little bit, was how like before you can learn how to get good at something, you need to learn how you learn. Right. And I think that's one of the things that jiu-jitsu has really helped me with too is like now I know how I'm proficient at learning. So now I can apply that learning to other things. Like and I've said this and it's no joke is like because I've gotten good at jiu-jitsu and I know like I feel like with the allotted amount of time that I like with through the day, not like this like years or whatever, but just time I can spend on it daily. I get good at anything. I can, right. I can learn to do anything at this point where before jiu-jitsu I was like. I might be mildly retarded. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, Aubrey Marcus, I I'm <clears throat> quoting Aubrey Marcus, but I am. How dare you? He has an interview question that is pretty awesome, which is, tell me something that you're great at. And he doesn't care what it is. It could be like, I'm great at drinking iced coffee. And if you can explain why and how you got great at it, it's an indicator that you've done all that. You've figured out what it takes Tim to be great says, at it. Tim Ferriss, question might be like,
1: what, what, else, what would your friends say you're world-class world at?
2: Fuck! I just got depressed.
1: <laughs> what are you world class
2: at, Pete? Uh,
3: had a pretty solid anal beat joke earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty good at. I'm pretty good
2: at masturbating. <laughs> hey, at the, the dog just called bullshit on me. Jack, Jack, Jack doesn't agree, apparently. Hey, fuck you too, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think. I
3: mean to kind of go off what Derek said, I think doing jujitsu for me, at least like I wasn't the most confident kid growing up. Like I was a little brother and I was like fat and I'm still kind of fat and like getting that confidence. You're beautiful. <laughs> it's true. I'm just fishing for that compliment. Mm-hmm. But I think gaining that little bit of confidence directly applies to the rest of your life. So you take and use what you've learned in jujitsu and those abilities and just put them towards everything else. So like, when somebody hands me something at my job or in life, like if I don't know how to do it, I know I can figure out how to do it because there's a wealth of information out there. And it's just like the confidence to like want to do it. Right. You know? Whereas I feel like a lot of people are just like, how do you do that? You're so smart. And I'm like, I, f- I Googled it for yes. like a half hour and I'm, what well, are you I, think, I think it's efficient? also, well,
1: and here's the other thing too, is like going along with Matt's point and going along with the experiences I've had recently with Matt teaching my class and having him correct me and tell me I'm wrong
2: and quietly other. into the side not in front of everybody <laughs> let's let's you didn't just yell no
1: and then along with like other things is like then you become confident in your ability to ask questions i think a lot of people are just afraid to ask because they don't want to look stupid you know your, I mean? your
2: confidence raises in general right
1: where you can be like i don't know how to do this like why don't you fucking tell me you know what i mean or like <laughs> whatever like like it's not being like i don't know how to do this i'm gonna pretend like i do know how to do it and fuck it up worse than a Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I'm world class at that. Right. <laughs> so I, I think like being confident enough to even ask for help and not feel demoralized and, and insecure about it is a, a huge factor of jujitsu too, yeah. or just anything hard. One, one thing: thing that that you stupid
0: said. question is the one not
2: asked. Yeah, mm-hmm. Miyagi. <laughs> Dash Miyagi. <laughs> Only. Huh? Uh, one of the things you said that tripped my memory of it too is. Um, the weird byproducts of jiu-jitsu. and one of them is definitely is I don't know anything that that clearly lays out like the whole Steve Jobs thing. Well, you know, you, you have to do something that you love, and then you you won't work a day in your life. It'll become your passion. And that's easy. Jujitsu is so difficult, like physically and mentally. But when you enjoy it, do you really think you're like uh like do you do you have the same impulse when you go to jujitsu class that you do when you go to go for a long run? You're like uh I gotta go to fucking. Do a long run today, mm-hmm. you don't get that, and that's the first one of the first experiences I've had, at least in my adult life. From like, wow, this is an incredibly difficult thing that I do, that I can't wait to go do. And imagine if, if your career was like that, how fucking awesome you'd be at it.
3: Well, I think it's 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 really important. Like you see, Derek brought it up like at the beginning of the podcast. How you and I both kind of work in the the corporate world, yep. so you see a lot of people who are just so stressed and redlined with their life and they don't have any outlet for that. They don't do anything. It's, it's it's, all I got to get home and, and make my kids dinner and they have X, Y, and Z and they always have these things. So they're, they're really just pushing themselves to the fullest extent and they're not taking the time to have an outlet so oh. so they're so stressed and they become so obsessed with their own lives that they can't like branch out and sort of sort out their own shit. And it makes them miserable.
2: One hundred percent. That was my case before I joined. And it's hilarious is I've actually done a lot better at work because I'm just a lot more chill. I wasn't just that red line fucking grouchy fuck. And it's what's funny is, is there are multiple people that I work with that have almost overtly taken credit for helping me learn how to relax into my position and be a better <laughs> a better coworker. Mm-hmm. They really think it was them that did it. And, right. like, and I've tried to say like oh, actually actually it's jujitsu and they're yeah. like Okay, fucking Scientologist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and like it, that's another one of those things. Like, I just gave up. But you're absolutely right. And so many people could benefit just from having a little release valve a right. couple times a week. They'd be. So it could much be anything too. Like, and you just need to acknowledge
3: the fact that you need to be doing something other than working. Well, here's here's a
0: question for you guys. Does, can it be anything, or can or should it be some sort of physical? A physical something because uh, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, it's just like collecting
1: and, stamps isn't going to
0: fucking do it for
4: you. That's no, true.
0: collecting stamps is definitely not going to. Like, sure like tying people. flies, like, that's not going to, that's probably not going to be enough for your stress levels. No, you're right. It
3: should, it should be something physical. I think just to, I think mentally make yourself feel a little bit better that you did something like that. I think a lot of people, there's a lot of pressure to like work out and go to the gym, and a lot of people fall into that. They're like, oh, they just go to the gym and they do their certain thing, but they're not, they're not like, belonging to anything so they don't really know what they're doing they just feel like they have to do it
0: yeah and that's sometimes even worse is because i mean that's basically just like you're just a hamster on a wheel at that point yeah you need to do something where it's like like constantly accomplishing purpose it's probably why like i do so much in my life is like constantly like have that need and desire to like just go out and accomplish things Mm -hmm. and do something physical because i'm just like constantly seeking that seeking
2: that drug seeking that outlet it's it's not all corporate environments i'm sure but the one that i'm in you know i sit down almost all day you know i I flew out to los angeles derek is giving me shit for not training out there and one of the reasons that i didn't have the balls to go train is drove two hours to the airport took a six-hour flight drove two hours to my hotel and i was sitting now i was literally sitting for all 10 of those hours yet you're exhausted right. when you get done. Well, look and that's t- the same thing when you're staring at a screen all day. <clears throat> you don't do shit for your body, but you are completely fucking cooked. When I try and come and learn techniques on a given Tuesday night, I, I see what you're saying, I'm hearing what you're saying, and nothing goes in. It just fucking bounces off the rock in the front of my head and goes right out the window.
1: Here, here's my... And I uh, hadn't moved all day. Right, but here's my argument to that. I have a couple things. And I, like, so, I mean... Whatever. Like, I was going <laughs> to preface this with some shit. But, but an argument. It really doesn't matter. Um, that if you, like, so I feel like you talk about, like, getting good at anything and, like, you know, using jujitsu as, you know, everything we talked about jujitsu recently, you know, um, or, or doing anything, whatever. That going through what you just went through, driving two hours to the airport, sitting in a six-hour play, and then driving two hours to the airport... And then going to jujitsu is part of the lesson. Yes. That's the fucking task. You know what I mean? It's it's doing things that you didn't it's a sacrifice to get good at anything and learn how to get good at anything and being able to apply because you know, you learn the lesson of that experience, you get all the lessons out of it, and then you can take those lessons and apply it to something else. Like, oh this my the I mean take take going to Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. I was just gonna say that. That's driving, a perfect example. Driving
1: five hours to Philadelphia
2: in a Volkswagen.
1: In a Volkswagen <laughs> with a bunch of dudes, <laughs> fucking eating shit food, doing all that, and then walking into Jared's, which is pretty much the fucking lines den, getting the and and me as a good pretty good black belt getting the shit kicked out of me is a lesson, right? And that's how you get good at things, and that's the sacrifice you make to achieve that. That's what makes. Getting a blue belt, getting a purple belt, getting a brown belt, being a black belt. That's what makes that all worthwhile. You know, if you didn't go through all that shit and someone just hand you a black belt one day, you wouldn't value it. But it was like, oh, like for me, it was train in. So drive from my house in Maine in Berwick to Portsmouth, Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night after working in hampton and driving home and back and forth putting 300,000 miles right. on my truck every fucking year that and then driving to boston Tuesday night and Saturday morning that was part of the lesson that was a sacrifice you made that was and i understand that like you know i was in a very fortunate position where i didn't have any kids i didn't have any bills like that's like I, that's what i was dedicating my life to but adding all those other things into your life Kids, bills, work, and then still being able to accomplish what you want to do—that's part of the lesson, and that's what I was trying to say to you. Be like, like, I mean, I know a ton of people that travel for work. I understand that's your work. That's what you. That's what you. That's your livelihood. But that's part of the lesson. That's that's part of the journey. When you add jujitsu onto that, like, if you want to get good at it, and you want to have the full jujitsu experience. You need to be immersing yourself. You know what I mean. You need to be going to train those places every opportunity you have. Right. You know what I mean. And I feel like, like, oh, I sat in a car for two hours. I took a six-hour plane. I sat in my fucking car for two hours. And I'm, it's a bullshit excuse. Oh, I. It's a I horse. It's a horse. Yeah, what the excuse. fuck, Pete?
4: <laughs> But <laughs> I don't but, disagree with. But them, you know what? But, I know but that's what mean.
1: but that's that's Pete. That's a million that's other everybody. people at the academy. You know what I mean? And and that's a million other people in society. And I get it. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not trying to say like. I'm not I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I'm not trying to say but I'm saying like
2: Oh I hear you. Like
1: like that's part like if, if I can encourage anybody to do anything, it's sacrifice a little comfort Right. to do jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying sacrifice your family time. I'm not saying sacrifice like that your 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 time with your kids. Sacrifice your comfort to be immersed in the culture and the right. and the experience of jujitsu or anything. You know what I mean? Like if you're a fucking serious CrossFitter you go
2: you got to train wherever you're at
1: go go stop in another box right you know what i mean like like and that that's what makes the experience the experience
2: what what it sounds like you're saying to me is one of the realizations that i the older i get the more that it's clear is i used to think that like you know i'll sort of maintain these things but i really want to be good at this and what i've learned is you kind of it it doesn't work that way you kind of have to be awesome at everything if you want to be awesome at anything you kind of got to be awesome at everything. Like my high school football coach always used to say, it all carries over. The best students are always the best athletes. The best athletes are always the best citizens, blah, blah, blah. And I, and, and I got that on an intellectual level, but I didn't understand the whole momentum of it. Like if you just keep going and going and going, everything gets better. Everything gets easier. And the benefits from doing all those things accumulate. When you continue to put excuses in there, which is what I do, I, mean, I talk to you about it. Like, it's almost like I come in, what is it? It's like a confession. This is, this is my Catholic confession when I come into Friday morning. I usually I give Derek my week's worth of pacification moves, <laughs> 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 and it's because I know it, and I know that, those, that what you just said is absolutely true. It's putting in, um, it's actually more tactical the way to do it. You have to make a decision that you're going to do it, and you actually have to put in a lot of work to coordinate it. It's like I have a week's notice I want to be in LA. I got to, as soon as I know that, I got to book my tickets and then I got to find a studio and then I got to make a call and say, you know, or walk-ins cool, you know that kind of thing. It's actually that stuff that you have to do. The will is there. If I was at home, I'd be at jiu-jitsu that night, you know? It wouldn't be an excuse that I worked all day. It's you have to actually build in the tactics for your life in order to be successful. Trying hard is honestly that's only going to get you so far. You have to take the part of trying hard, is is putting the the, the blocks in place in order to be successful. You got to find out how to make time.
1: But, but also, here's the thing too: is like you may so you you you're doing that for your job anyway. You know what I mean? It's almost like you get a right. treat. Like, and that's how I treated jujitsu. Like when I used to be like, like my dad used to ask me like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm going to jujitsu, whatever." He'd be like. Like, why? Like, and he didn't really, he wasn't questioning me to question me. He was just legitimately asking questions. So there's a difference between asking questions and questioning. And he wasn't questioning jujitsu. He was just he was being, uh, you know, a good father and, and, and hoping that you were thinking about what you were doing. Or not even, like, he was just inquiring and being, at, and being interested. But he would ask me, and I'm like, I'm teaching jujitsu like it's school. Like, like it's an education, which it was. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know what? You got good at your job by being tactical. Well, now get good at jujitsu by being tactical,
2: right? And and I agree with that one hundred percent. But I also got good at my job. Like, you know, I'm. Um, to be clear for those that are listening, very happy with my career and the things that it's afforded me and my family. But it's not. Everyone at work knows it. It's not my. It's not my passion. It's not what I want to be doing. It's, I always wanted it to be able to provide a life that others before me weren't able to have. But I've never had that passion for it. But the way that I've gotten through it, it's been 17 years of putting myself in uncomfortable positions. Like, I, I think now, like, that was another one of the things that, like, the jujitsu thing really t- taught me it was like, you get this feeling when you're working, when you're almost 20 years into a career that your heart isn't there with, you know, the logistics are there and you have respect for your coworkers and you want to be the best garbage man that you can be, that whole kind of thing. That's all there but it starts to eat away at you when you realize that you're going down this railroad track of something that you're not passionate about like oh this is all a fucking waste is what you start to think about and what i've learned is this wasn't a waste like it's almost like the sh- the difficult positions that you put yourself in in an attempt to just keep the train moving down the track are valuable skills you know they're valuable that the, the to keep yourself working towards something and to learn how to do that no matter how many times you fail no matter how many promotions you don't get, no matter how many salary increases you don't get, however many things don't work out, whatever jobs you don't get, to keep on plugging away at it, that's the value in fucking just climbing a ladder. If it's leaning on the wrong wall, you have a chance to move it later, but you got to keep fucking going up one rung at a time, and that's the value of plugging along, I think is what you're saying about jiu-jitsu.
1: Well, I I mean, I I guess. Or perhaps. Maybe, but... I also question the fact that, like, <laughs> do all of those things— not getting promotion, not getting the salary increase—you know, uh, you know, whatever the pitfalls are of working a career and, and staying in a career long that long—is it the are you? <laughs> is it the value of plugging along that you're going after, or is it the value of being comfortable?
2: Um, it's the value of ultimately being comfortable. It was what the, the search was. Like, if you literally ask me, I can remember when I was a freshman in college and I declared my major. If you, if you recall, nobody declares their major halfway through their freshman year. I did. I heard uh, a professor say that accountants, I started as an accountant, and I heard a professor say, the highest in-demand jobs that most people hired out of college in the next five years will be accountants. And I was like, I'm in. That's what I'm doing the rest of my life. That's the most in-demand. That's where I want to be. That's how I decided to spend what i didn't know at the time the next 21 22 years was doing something that just seemed like ooh that's the path of least resistance right. i thought i was going after an opportunity but to your exact point i was picking consciously at age 18 the path of least resistance which which is a crazy thing to ask an 18 year old to do oh it's it's call it we could get into that for a fucking month but it's
1: but, a- but i would also vent like so like if someone was to a- ask me and I, I mean, I kind of did the same thing too. Like I've been really, like, comfortable. You know, what I mean? I've taken, yeah. I've taken the other than doing, and I think that's why I drew to jujitsu, and I and I dove in jujitsu is because everything else in my life was kind of playing it safe. You know, I didn't take any unnecessary risks. And if I was to look back, you know, I'm 31 now. If I was to tell my 20 year old self what to do, it's always be take more risks, yeah. risk it all, bet the farm, because you can always recover. But <laughs> I feel like. If someone was to ask me, you know what I mean, like, and that's like I could tell those guys to the academy, and they all go, "Oh, I can't do that, or whatever." I was like, "Choose the path of most resistance. Right. Do something fucking hard. Like, go yeah. somewhere. Like, and and that's what I tell. Like, you got to run guys- through the prickly bushes right. every now and again. <laughs> the, those those people from the academy, I'm like, fucking." Fill a backpack full of the essentials and fucking start walking. Right, you know what I mean. And how? and go see stuff. Don't don't sit. You know what I mean. And like that's,
2: that's one of my favorite. Also uh, byproducts of BJJ culture for sure. Too is how often do we get into like. Full on fucking counseling sessions for the younger guys in the well, academy. It's like John like, Jacques
1: Machado has one of the greatest quotes ever. He says there's more philosophy on a jiu-jitsu mat than any college course.
2: Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, how many times have we argued with with some of the guys that are like starting to get out of school and they're like, I'm gonna do this in graduate school and by age twenty three I'm gonna fucking be this and that? And you're like, dude, you need to fucking make some bad choices <laughs> quick. Because, you, you know, you got a couple decades where you can recover from that shit. Right. And when the train's too far down the track, you don't get to take those risks anymore. And you don't get to learn certain aspects of yourself. <laughs> hey, Ron's like, yeah, bullshit, you don't.
3: <laughs> Put yourself into a
2: corner. I know how to drop a backpack like a motherfucker. He chooses you, you know. For sure. But, you know, it's it's amazing that, like how everyone goes down everyone it's sort of like everyone's got to touch the stove themselves to make sure that it's fucking hot before they listen to anybody else
4: right yeah if
2: mean, you're
0: that. if you're not taking a path of resistance then you might as well put on those all white new balance shoes and get some light colored levi's i got them <laughs> cuz because you're just you're turning that corner right there. You are, and you're well, just you're just letting everything go. Oh, worse!
2: You know what happens? A nice is, stiff
1: pair of khakis.
2: In, get, <laughs> get busy
1: living or get busy dying.
3: In, in an <laughs> attempt
2: to take the path less traveled, you actually run into a fucking wall later down the road. Like you find the real path of resistance, which is I don't see any crossroads. I don't see any forks in the road. I see a fucking giant brick wall. So I just want to sit here and pout. And that's the real, real problem with not following the path of least resistance is that it finds you, and it's probably going to find you when you're at your weakest and lowest. So if, you, if you've if you never been in that, if you haven't put yourself in bad positions, you have no fucking idea what to do. A lot of people quit. That's what the white sneakers are. That's what the 500-pound 40-year-old is. They're just like, fuck it, man. I don't know how to get out of this, so I guess I'll ride this to the end. Mm-hmm. I just fucking love buffets. right. <laughs> Buffet is wear it's at. It just made me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna wear white New Balance to the buffet,
3: but very well said.
0: Yeah. Uh, on a personal note, I've been like I've been in that situation where it's just like my mind has been saying, "Give up, give up, give up, give up," because. I mean, like, through through the entire course of my life, like, I've always been, like, a very physical person, and, like, and even when I got injured, it was, like, I'd recover in, in almost right. instantly. It just kept on going, kept on going, and then 38 happened. Um, <laughs> right. And things started going south. My body started going south, and it was, like, injury, injury, like, because I, I was on this, like, self-administered road to, okay, I'm going to make masters crossfit like i'm gonna do this when i I turn 40 because like i'm definitely not not at the level as like 20 something year olds because i saw that path coming like where it's just like you get these massive machines that are coming out in the crossfit world these days so i'm like okay i'm gonna do masters and it was just like injury after injury after injury and like i kept on saying to myself like you know what i'm just gonna give up i'm gonna give up but and then he found jujitsu.
4: <laughs> yeah, dog.
0: Is that
2: actually what so, happened, or is that I found um, a whole new world I could be better well, at. Maybe you should
0: Well, I do. <laughs> I do have this uh, awesome voice that talks in my ears all the time, and 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 uh, and and brings me they up a little bit when Derek. I'm down. So, so, sounds <laughs> like me. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this constant <laughs> voice has my voice. He always his, say wisdom comes all from those the his beard tickles in my faces. ears. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I and, and having people like Derek um, and having some of the guys that I work with uh, who are mm, pretty high-level military guys. He, constantly... just, he just compared
1: me to high-level military. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: having these people around me in my life... Somebody just got so up. upset. How
2: many subtle backhanded compliments does Derek get on the Sharp Iron Society <laughs> podcast? Nobody wants to confront him and be like, hey, man, you changed my life. It's more like... I happen to be walking by the academy one day, and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So,
0: like, having like I learned more about myself by pushing through all those injuries and like and 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 listening to people like Derek and like coming back, and it made me better for who I am than than if I just like said like, oh fuck it, where's my white new New Balance, right?
2: Um. Right. Yeah, that's one thing I'd like to get your thoughts on, Matt, because you're the other rat race representative. <clears throat> one of the things that I always think of, too, is there's there's a weird culture in corporations where people don't act the way they do in an office the way they do when they're at a cookout or when they're any or other setting in their life. There's this weird culture that takes over. It's called alcohol. Yeah, well, alcohol is <laughs> a part of it, for Bodka. sure. Yeah, well, you know why you know that people go fucking cuckoo every time there's a, a work event with alcohol like I actually am against work events with alcohol to some extent because it's like I'm like I'm like this all the time. I don't want to see you like this. This is fucked up. But anyway, what is your uh, question? I, I, and I, well, I, I, <laughs> Scott said it. <laughs> Jesus, people don't act the way they do in the rest of society and corporations. And my new theory on that is because there's not enough normal people, all the people that are like fuck the corporate world, I'd never work in that environment. It's kind of like a chicken in the egg thing to me. Like I think if if you guys would fucking work in a corporate environment, it wouldn't be a retarded setting. Do you have that sense or do you just think that it draws Uh I the honestly worst. I don't
3: think I can answer that question fairly cuz I have a pretty unique situation. Right. Um you got well, that's Yeah. Awesome. He works he, he, I get to. He f- works f- for the He works. Yeah. <laughs> he works for Al, who's yeah. been on this
1: podcast, yeah. which is a very unique situation. And
3: uh, I think because of jiu-jitsu, because I'm such a calm person, I think people can really be themselves around me. So I, right. you know, you're you're going to see it in any workplace where people are, you know, they act a certain way, but they're talking about people behind their backs, and that's right. anywhere. Uh, but I think. Because of, of my work situation and because of the way I carry myself, I think people kind of let their guard down.
2: Well, a big part of the way you carry yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I could definitely be attracting some of the cuckoo, but... so which,
5: could be a role thing, too. Your right. Your role is a
2: different Right. I, I, they certainly are, but I, I've worked at a lot of places. I visit a lot of clients, and it does seem to see a fair consistency of, like, oh. like Derek and I, we talk <laughs> about this a lot. It's like, nobody fucking talks like that. Right. Like, answer the question. Like, I just want to talk to me about what my question was. Don't go into a speech right how do you how'd you just launch into a speech it's right. eight thirty in the morning i asked you a question and you're speaking at right
1: me. well that being said uh so matt's boss is a uh a member of the academy and he's been on this podcast a couple of times and he's a great guy like if anybody needs to I, I happy gri- birthday buddy yeah right, his birthday was yesterday 59 years old still destroying on the mat mm-hmm. um Real inspiration. I mean, if honestly, like, if anybody needs a mentor out there, like, Al is the perfect guy. You know what I mean? Like, if someone is looking for someone to look to, to how to, like, just be a person, and, you got to be
2: good at everything. It goes right. back to that thing. Like, is Al, he gets you know? that.
1: But Al was just telling me the other day when Matt wasn't around that Matt is one of his best employees and he owns fucking a million fucking He things. has lots of employees. Right. And, <laughs> and how, like, and how and just in the past year of, Him working at this company, he's really come out of his shell and and you know developed as a leader at his job, you know, and things like that. And we talked about it. It was like, true. Well, that's cry. (laughs) 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 But but that's the. I mean, Matt's twenty eight years old. You know what I mean. And I I I would like to think that like doing jujitsu and things like that and being in the situation he's in has really made that possible you know what i mean i think that that's kind of thing that you're talking about is if i had found jujitsu at the chicken and the egg thing is matt matt is now gonna be i mean that's a great observation he's picked a direction you know what i mean and now he's gonna i mean maybe not i mean life takes weird but if he stays the path that he's going to be doing from now on he he's going to answer your chicken of the egg theory eventually. You know right. what I mean? Like, he can't attest to it now, but in 10 or, or 15 years when he's still doing the same thing, you know, maybe he'll be in the position that Al's in and he'll have 50 employees underneath him that act completely different than anybody else. I mean, I think that, that Matt's situation is the way that, I and mean, this is going to be a bold statement, but like a company like Apple is made, or a company like Google is made, or Uber, or where the culture in the company and the business is vastly different and more positive than in most normal than the standard the most yeah. normal corporate because of people like and, and people in that situation you right know what i mean like i think that that's that's how that happens
2: it's so good to hear and for people to know that that's out there too like it doesn't have to be this weird fucking office space in a tech fucked up environment which right. i've just been in too many places personally and that i visited as my clients where i'm like i've i've seen i've heard this song before yeah but
1: I mean, I, I mean, I, and I, I mean, and I think here's the other thing too: is like, you know, you're talking about, um, and, and this goes to with everything in life. You know what I mean? You're, you're talking yeah, it's about just the lens that but, I s- tend to see things. But right? you're, but you're talking about the situation that you're in. We talked about the whole thing about, you know, being the same job for 17 years. Right. You know, are are you are you, you know, just chugging along for whatever reason, whatever the reason is, whatever. But you also have the opportunity. To make your situation what you want it, yes, you know what I mean, and and you could easily, I mean, yes, it would be a struggle. Yes, it would be the passive wealth resistance, whatever. But you could leave your job, start your own business, and now you are running the, and and, and you've surre- and and you're you're creating the culture and the atmosphere that you want. You know what I mean? That's not impossible, right? You know, like that's what I'd like to think of, like. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately just because of, of some opportunities that could come up and might come up and things like that is, is um, you know, creating like, I feel like jujitsu, not ne- not me, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going this fucking crazy tangent right now, Go but ahead. I heard one of the greatest quotes ever from Mike Rowe on the Tim Ferriss podcast. If you want to hear a fucking stellar podcast, listen to that one. Real good. But Agreed. he says, but he, the, one of the things that he ends his... The podcast with is genius isn't the ability to impart knowledge; it's the ability to inspire. And I feel like I've taken jujitsu, hopefully, and inspired a bunch of people to create a culture around them that's positive and and what they want, and create a life that they want. So hopefully, and you know what I mean. Like, I know. I, I mean, Donald. Donald is um, one of the members of the Academy. Awesome guy. I'd love to get him on the podcast, hopefully, and just have conversations with him about life. But he's one of those guys that, like, if he's not satisfied in a job, he just leaves it. Oh, I, I, it's it's awesome. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah. like, I don't like working here anymore. I'm gonna go find a new job. But I told him the other day, I'm like, why don't you start your own business? Right. You you don't have any kids. You're not married yet. You you clearly are doing all right, successfully financially. You know what I mean? Like you you, you have money to live comfortably. Get a little uncomfortable and start your own business and create the culture that you want. And like I would love to see all you guys. I you know how many businesses have been spawned from the academy already. I mean George with his soap company, Abe with his Ghee company. Uh, you know Jason Feliciano, when he was still training the academy. Uh, this, this place, this network, the, the yeah. podcast network, have all spawned from this academy because hopefully I'm inspiring you guys to create a culture around you that that you want. You know what I mean? Like I talked about this a hundred times. You know. The academy, we've we've touched upon all the great things, whatever. Going there, just whether how I feel when I when I show up could be the best or worst day in my life. When I leave there, it's always, always good. Always good. You know what I mean? And like that's the one thing that, like, yeah, we only got fifty members, but the fifty of the best people I know. You know what I mean? And that's like that's what I'm hoping is that you know you talk about all these things and talking about Matt and his job right now. You know, what I mean? he's he's at a position where. The future is wide open, and hopefully one day that he'll, he'll create a culture around him that he is, is positive and the one that he wants. And, and, and I totally believe that you could do that, and, and Ron's doing that now, and, and he can continue to do it. You know I mean? And it's never too late, you know what I mean, to start no, doing it's, those things. No,
2: it's, it's awesome to hear, and to <coughs> some extent that has happened. You know, since I started jiu-jitsu, and I, I joke, like I mean, I said it in the beginning, there are people that have taken credit for this sort of renaissance that I've had in my career. And just sort of the general attitude that I have, it was 100% jiu-jitsu. You know, if you ask my wife, she'd say the same thing. It's like she, it's hilarious. She's She wants me to go to jiu-jitsu whenever I can. She tries to make time in our lives so that I can go to jiu-jitsu. So the 100% that has been the inspiration, both the environment, you people personally. Um, and it, it has started this renaissance where I used to have a large team, and it was super stressful. And I, all I wanted to be was the GM of the line of business that I did. Like That was my singular goal. And I sort of never stopped to ask, like, do I even want to do that? Do I want to have a large team of kids that are right out of school? Do I like all the aspects of that? You know, just because there's virtue in it, I never asked myself if that's what I wanted to do. You know, and, when, and I, so I became like a, an individual contributor. That's when I went into sort of the more sales role in the, over the last two years. And I realized that through all of that, creating your own environment, doing things that are difficult, but don't have to be miserable... Like, you know, you can go to jiu-jitsu, and it's difficult as fuck. That is not the path of least resistance, but it can still be enjoyable. So I started to identify that, oh, you can have the thing that's difficult and the things that's enjoyable, and not being a prick to other people or not sort of uh, attracting negativity, that happens. That just happens if you're doing the right things when you're there, and that 100% has happened over the last couple of years since, as a result, and honestly, of jiu-jitsu.
3: To kind of branch off of what Pete said... Uh I think I can I can take a pencil and draw a clear linear line as to why my life the, is the way it is and it's it's jujitsu because everything has branched from that for me right now. Like my current situation is exactly it's all relatable to jujitsu because, you know, uh Al I had one of the longest recruiting sessions ever and I didn't even know it. Al got yeah. to see me in my element for like six months and then one day I was like fed up with my current job, I was tired, I was working way too many hours, I was barely getting to jujitsu. And he didn't even feel like I like we didn't really even know what Al did at the time. I, like it was just like he was like ah he drives because he it. never advertised. Yeah, it. he never like just he was just one of the guys. He is just a rocket ship, And he was literally like, "Hey, do you ever think about like do marketing?" And I was like, "I don't really know anything about that." And he's like, "Well, I know a guy who's looking for somebody." Like that's how he phrased it. I don't even think I knew Al's last name at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like reading about the company and I'm like okay, and it, it was my understanding that. Meh. <laughs> no 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 I was just like I was just like I don't I, it was my understanding that the, the position uh was already offered to somebody so it was like super low key like no stress I just like went in and talked to talked to the guy and and then it turned out and I was like thinking about it I'm like Oh Al owns this company, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I and I and I joked. I them. think I have a reference. The next time I saw him, I was like, "Oh, you're that Al," and uh, you know, he had a laugh. But it's been a great situation. You know, met my girlfriend through jujitsu. It's it's been really really cool, and just to kind of bring it all home. Uh, there was a point a long time ago back at the first warehouse academy and it was before Pete pre Pete pre Pete. Um, I was I was. Working overnights at a grocery store, and then during the day, I was temping at this job. Um, and it was like a three month temp period, and then they would kind of decide whether or not they wanted to keep us. Um, <sighs> so it was really stressful. It was basically like
2: That's a great way to make your people feel valued. Yeah.
3: So, you know, I'm not, it, that's just how they did their hiring process. Like, I'm not knocking the company. It was a really great company to work for, but um, I knew if I didn't get this job, it would be the end. Like I, I, was finally able to afford to train jujitsu. It's like all I wanted to do since I got out of college. I was like, I just want to go back. You to associated train. It with being able to train, right? And, and and I was so freaked out about not getting this job and not being able to train. And I think Derek messaged me one night. He's like, Dude, I don't want to lose you as a student. Like you're really picking it up. Whatever. If if things go south with this job, you don't have to pay me. Just keep training. And that went a long way with me. And, uh, I think one of the whole reasons Derek and I moved in together, you know, he had a little mix up in his relationship, things went south for him. And I got to see like a side of Derek that really sucked because his like, dude was my idol. and I'm like talking to him. Like he's not right next to mm-hmm. me right now. Olymp- <laughs> but, Olympus <laughs> shrugged. But it was, it was, it was, it was really hard for me to watch. And, and, uh, I think that was watching things come full circle for, for all of us here has been really cool. And it's only been over like five years.
2: Right. Well, that's what I, that's incredible here. Over five years, like all of the change that I talked about, this positive, it's yeah, it's two and a half. Two years, right? Like, I can't, I know, I can't imagine like. Well, it's like you know, it's like it's like therapy. It gets like you get better as you continue therapy, right. and like I, I look forward to like what it's going to be like in five years and what it's going to be like in ten years, and it absolutely does what it what it had the ability to do is change the momentum. Like I keep using that analogy of the train going down the tracks. And when you get to a certain speed and a certain slope, you think that that's where the fucking train is going one way or the other. You start to believe after, you know, an experience like jiu-jitsu that you can start to bend the rails or that you're going to be able to hit a switch at some point. And, that, and I think that that gets stronger and stronger. Like, I don't feel that momentum anymore. I, I feel, oddly enough, comfortable in the current situation. Like, I'm suddenly happy with the current situation. Like, maybe it wasn't the current situation that was the devil. But I had created it as such and it sort of became a self fulfilling prophecy. So I think that it, that's a major thing that you've seen. It's just like this ball of positivity, sort of you start to surround yourself with, and more you start to cut out a lot of the shitty. It things, gives you so that like. ability to like step outside your situation and yeah. look at it.
1: That's one of the things like I've like so I'm always trying to, you know, uh improve my my disposition. You know, I mean I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but I get like <laughs> like I mean, to be I mean the the whole like mean Derek thing is kind of just uh, uh, an act I put on. You know what I mean? Like it's like I feel like it's one of those things where like it's um it's for you guys. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, like I said, like I'm trying to like make those who need to be humbled humbled and those who need to be toughened toughened and things like that. And and I hopefully I I do a good job of you know seeing the difference and seeing what people need and that's what i'm trying to give everybody is kind of what they need as i'm trying to inspire people as a teacher you know what i mean so and i try to find different ways to inspire hopefully i've you know i find those guys that you know i, I like i said I just try to give people what they need but for me for myself whatever like one thing i've been doing a lot lately is like i'm trying to make my so i had this bad habit and i've gotten into it lately like i I don't think it was like this for forever and this is kind of a, a recent thing which kind of scares me is like my first thought has been negative you know what i mean like i see somebody and like <laughs> oh. they they do like so some like oh someone walking into the academy and i'm like my first thought is like this guy's not going to stick around like this guy's He's wasting his time. Remember that hand. time
2: you taught me a private because Derek didn't think I was going to stick around. Yeah, yes. That, that, yes. Okay.
1: Okay. So maybe it is a two-year-long thing. <laughs> Whatever. But I've been real. So, or, or maybe, like I said, maybe like Matt said, it allows you to step out of your situation. I've been realizing it lately. So one of the things that, like, I'm trying not my first thought is to not be negative. I'm trying really hard. Like I catch so myself doing it,
2: and I'm like, oh, I gotta stop. So that really, really good practice. Really good practice. So
1: one of the things that I've been doing now. We've talked about this before. Is as soon as – and and now, I mean, the internal thought, it goes – it's like the all – fuck, like, obviously, it's internal thought, so it's all over the place. Like, it's like – you know, like, I stutter in my own mind. But instead of voicing it now, about especially about a situation and less about a person, is I try to replace all the negative words with very positive words. And it's it's amazing what it does for just your situation. You know what I mean? Like, where you can be like, oh, this is going to suck so bad. So instead of saying, this is going to suck so bad, you be like – This is going to be awesome. You know what I mean? And it changes the whole dynamic of everything that's going on.
2: Right. And there's so much of that that's necessary and just such a strong practice. And that's one of the things I've done, too. It's like what I equate it to is actually different than sort of pausing. It's like when you're in a bad spot physically, somehow that taught me that when you're in a bad spot mentally, take a deep breath and think about what you're going to do next. My previous reaction physically was to flail around like a dumbass my previous reaction, particularly in a corporate setting, was to do the same thing verbally. Like, I would go, you know, and I would, I would that would be my response to things that were uncomfortable that I didn't like. Get and angry it, or something, right? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get angry, and I'm just going to, you know, lambaste you with my tongue as, as much as I can. And that's ineffective, like it's ineffective physically. Somehow that patience that you are forced into physically has a mental following. And I don't, I still can't explain that. Because it it truly it, this wasn't a spiritual quest for me at least consciously, it was definitely a physical one. I just wanted to lose weight. I just wanted to be healthy. I didn't think I was going on a spiritual quest, and I think it was probably class two or up where I was like, I just get a new religion. It's like, <laughs> <That's laughs> a right. cult. Did I just get? Did, when yeah. do I drink the blood? Right. <laughs> Start wearing purple Nikes. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Th- the life benefits are certainly. Endless. All I want to go do is train right now. <laughs> I got games match. <laughs> I would. What about there? I actually, I'll probably miss a week. Weird weird segue in conversation. Skin health and jujitsu. Mm, sorry
3: to hear it. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the staph infection that almost killed me? Uh, I've had two of those, but it
2: didn't almost kill me. Go ahead, sir. No, I don't want Nothing. to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'll have time off probably for a week. I got a, I got a ring on my face, believe it or not. I don't know if you can see it. I've been treating it. How'd that happen? No idea. Just rubbing I'm pretty sure, headphones all over I'm it? I'm pretty sure. Sh- no, I, I've been conscious of it. I Actually, it might not be ringworm. One of the other things that I have is, it's called discular eczema. Do I remember if I missed like a month at one point? Because I had quote unquote ringworm all over my hands. So for ringworm, you use antifungal, antifungal materials, all of which make eczema worse. And the fuck of it all is, if you use the, the stuff that you put on eczema is steroid cream. It goes away in like a day. But if you put steroid cream on ringworm, it, it blows up like a fucking deer tick. So when you get it, you don't get to know what it is. Unless you're going to go to the doctor and get a biopsy every time, which I've done in the past. You have to first treat it like it's ringworm. Because if you don't, it'll blow up and ringworm's just kind of gross. But you have to start treating it like ringworm so that it doesn't blow up. But it takes weeks before you figure that out because weeks of ringworm treatment doesn't work. So I'm 99% sure it's actually eczema. But when you got something on your face or your hands, you can't get that wrong in an academy and then spread it to yeah, everybody well, you, else.
5: You guys do a fantastic job of keeping the academy clean. For sure. So there's, that's, I'm sure that that's not the issue. I mean, I'm watching every single class. That thing gets you know, mopped down and swept and all that. But I always question, like an old martial arts guy, a lot of people don't wash their belts. Because you're not supposed to wash your belt. I, I was just, Maybe I'll throw it out as a question. What do you think about that? I think that. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean. I would try to wash my belt. Like once a week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't throw it in the laundry. Every time I, I wash my gi. Um So there's a couple things. To address this situation. One is until you start doing jiu you don't even know what ringworm or... And, and staff is a little different because staff has kind of been an epidemic in hospitals. Right. So that's like, it's in the news, you know what I mean? Oh, like major outbreak of Staphylococcus and fucking so-and-so or whatever. But um people don't even know about ringworm until you start doing jujitsu. Like, And I think the other thing is, and we kind of don't, I mean, we do as good a job of it as any other academy. But I think one thing is like, a lot of people who come to do jujitsu don't realize those things. So they end up wearing a dirty gi, which is fucking disgusting, but you don't know it's disgusting. You know what I mean, I did it when I first started okay. jujitsu where I gi two two classes in a row. Everyone's
2: stinky is, and sweaty after 20 minutes. So you right. blend in, you don't realize <coughs> that, that but that is bad. Going. So
1: I think that one thing is like, we might need to get a new student and they might wear a gi two days in a row. And then you're like, Oh no, like, and, and when it's not in your foresight, when like, so like the other day we had a kid show up, did jujitsu, jitsu left, came back two days later, and he had a dirty gi on. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you good. can't do that. Yeah, we and have to like,
3: take onus on that right, ourselves because right. it's up to us to tell that kid. Right, and he's hey, like, man. but
1: he didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and I wasn't thinking about it until he showed up with a dirty gi. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's as simple as that. Plus, a lot of people don't, like, I mean, animals carry ringworm. Oh, yeah. like, ringworm Ringworm's is, is, a
2: problem at little kids' schools. Right. It's, it's yeah.
1: everywhere. I mean, I can remember doing... I was a serious lacrosse player in high school. You never wash and, your pads? And some, yeah, in and, and some of college. And I never. N- never washed my pads. And I can remember having ringworm on my arm and be like, oh, that'll go away. Six months later, I still got ringworm on my arm, but I'm still wearing the same dirty pads. I, had, you know a, I, I mean? had a pair of
2: thigh pads that had mold on them from leaving them wet in the bottom of my locker for a year. Right. No, no point did I think that that would be a problem. Right. But, so I think this is one of those
1: things where it's just like until it's up front in your face and it becomes kind of an issue. It's one of those things that's, It's hindsight is twenty twenty. But, you
2: know, to make you further depressed, too, though, it's not just the academy cleanliness or washing your belt. Those are all minimizing factors. I, when I talk to my doctor about it, he's like, you know, you can have a very clean environment, and this is why, like, you know, surgeons scrubbing and all that. He's like, someone could have whatever on their, you know, they could bump into whatever from a dirty surface, whatever, and that can come in. If that gets wiped on you and you don't have it fully cleaned off or if you're exposed for a long period, he's like, He's like, you know, you said that you come in and you you, you probably got it from you know your your martial arts academy that because that's the most likely contact well, point. Well, but he's it's like, not
5: just the academy. I mean, in yeah. our case, the academy's super clean, the but gym, we, there's the a shower. there's a gym that's and those the motherfuckers within. are not all clean, right? No, no. And, so, and yeah, it's really rough. But funny you can
2: get it from your steering wheel in your car. You know, you could get it. There's there's all kinds of places where you can get this shit. So you can't completely defend against it, but you can to some extent. The big thing is too is. Um, with jiu jitsu, w- why it probably is tech, quote unquote from jiu jitsu, said the guys. It's when your skin has trauma, it's more susceptible to anything like staph infections and things like that. A lot of that happens because you have abrasions you didn't know you had. When I, I had staph infection twice in my fingers from having cracked knuckles, mm-hmm. just like you know, cracked skin knuckles. So like,
1: when, like So shaving your face is trauma. Yes. Shaving your head. Is trauma. You're right. you're su- making you're, you're susceptible to that having, stuff even more. Having
2: a lapel wrapped around your neck is trauma. <laughs> There's a little bit of skin abrasion there, right? For sure. But anyway, I thought that would be an interesting thing to brought up because I've, I've battled it a couple times. Certainly in the early days. This is the first time in like shit year and a half well here's other thing too is, is like motherfucker because all you anybody, can think of is lost mat time
1: for yeah but here so here's the other thing that we, like i would like to express to, to people that either don't are interested in jujitsu and haven't yet or are just new to jujitsu it's not the end of the world you know what i mean no it's it's, no. it's like literally like in a couple days that stuff is taken care of and you're back on the mat you know what i mean and it's not like it's once you get it like it's gonna there's gonna be an outbreak or whatever you know what right. i mean like especially at our academy, well, everything gets sprayed down, everything gets mopped down. You make, try like, hardly ever does anybody wear a dirty gi, you know what I mean? If it, if it, they do, it gets it's corrected un- quickly. Yeah, it gets corrected and it's unbeknownst to everybody, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not the end of the world, you know. It's just one of the byproducts that might happen because you're yeah. This happens doing
5: in jiu-jitsu. basketball too. I mean, it happens yeah. everywhere. Right? This is not just a jiu-jitsu thing. It's a team sports. Uh, not a you know, it's a contact sport.
4: thing.
2: Yeah, and so. our, I, I think the only point is our sport isn't immune from it. The big difference is somebody gets ringworm on a basketball team. A, they're not telling anyone because it's kind of like you feel dirty and it's a, sort of a shameful thing. B, there's not a culture that says, hey man, get that shit away from me. I don't want to be rolling around with you or bumping into you on a basketball court when you get got a fucking skin ailment. I so I like think that that's one thing that jiu-jitsu is way better at.
3: A lot of it's not even ringworm though. Like uh, that's so, that goes to my point. So, so you, you get like, it's like folliculitis. Mm. Like I have, cause I have like hairy arms. So all the time it happens if, it, I, you know, if I'm not able now, it's been a lot better now that we have showers and stuff. But like, right. if I don't have, if I can't get to a shower right away, like it's, it's basically one of your, your, Hair follicles gets inflamed and it and and it's circular, but you don't have that like glaring red, disgusting ring. That's what
2: mine is. Like they said, it's called discular eczema, so it it looks exactly like ringworm. You just don't get it anywhere else, and and you don't you're not giving it to anyone else, and you know even if you've been sharing towels and all that kind of thing. But it's a it's a fucked up thing to sort of witness when you first have it happen to you, and you're right. It's like first time it happened, I'm like ah. Right. And I'm diseased. Well I, mean, I think it's all, I mean man. that goes along with the point Fuck, we we're I talking miss a about. Week. Right.
1: It goes along with the point we're talking about of just uh like it almost to sound really dramatic, whatever, it like is an evidence of your own mortality. You know what I mean? Like for sure. you're, like you're you you are susceptible to this shit. You know what
2: I mean? Like uh, that's like, the staff, right. Well
3: yeah, just to yeah, shed a little bit like I wasn't even training jujitsu, I was in I was my senior year of college when I i basically what happened is I went down in January, you know, I just On got <laughs> <laughs> touche. So well, it, I just got really was, I got really sick softball, over man. I got really sick over Christmas break and I, I lost my voice. That was the big thing and I just went to my primary care physician and they're like, Yeah, it's probably strep. You know. <sighs> so they just Jesus gave me a quick Christ. culture and you know, it tested mm-hmm. negative for strep. So she's like, nah, well your your culture came back. It does have, you do have a lot of bacteria in your throat. So she gave me prednisone, which is a steroid. Oh fuck. Off. Killed my immune system, what was left of my immune system. Right. And that's when I got really sick. So after like a week and a half of that I went to the emergency room. And granted I haven't been overnight in a hospital since I was born. You know, I right. didn't had a pretty healthy Fortunate. life. Yeah. And uh it was like two in the morning when I the went to the emergency room and they and they we did the CAT scan and everything. And uh, I guess they sent the CAT scans to, like, New Zealand. Like, they read them in New Zealand. And usually they just send an email back and and say whatever it is. And they picked up the phone and they called. And they're like, this kid has an abscess the size of a grapefruit in his throat. So, I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like... Uh, like I, it it I literally had to like exert enough energy to scream to even whisper like that's how bad it was it, I had to learn how to talk because it was all wrapped around my my vocal cords
2: mm-hmm. um you do have the voice of an angel that's a good recovery <laughs> so <laughs> that, that whiskey cured voice you had. <laughs> Sing the blues so
3: so uh i just remember like the guy telling me what I didn't even know what an abscess was the guy told me what it was and then uh, you know obviously i needed to stay overnight Ended up being there for like seven days or something like that, and they removed it the following morning, and it's all kind of a blur. You know, they do things like super early at the hospital, like they just tell you all this information. Like right. your doctors do rounds at like six thirty in the morning. Like I'm not, Derek knows I'm not a morning person. No. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> here's what you need to know: we're trying to make you not die. So
3: yeah. I all I remember is I'm sitting in my bed and my, my, like I I don't know if you can still see it. There's a scar on my throat, but um,
2: literally thought that I've, that was gee rash of some sort it's a scar <laughs> and i'm
3: sitting in my bed and my my throat's all stitched up i have this this tube coming out of my neck that's like draining into this like grenade thing just like this this stuff is still draining out of my neck it took like three hours for them to get out, clean all the stuff out of my throat mm-hmm. and this guy comes in my doctor and he introduces himself i don't remember his name i'm sorry the guy saved my life he goes i'm an infectious disease doctor and I'm like, oh fuck!
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> what did I do? Did he have the ET suit on? <laughs> <laughs>
3: they, I was on high precautions, but uh, yeah. you know, he told me I had MRSA. Again, didn't know what MRSA was. Um, he said you can contract it anywhere, but basically, when your body is weak, it just manifests itself completely.
1: Right. Steroids
2: didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah,
3: it was a pretty
2: terrifying experience. Yeah, but that uh, again to go to to try and lift it up a level, it's it's pretty rare, right? Yeah, you know, the, some yeah. of the skin maladies are pretty normal. The the infections are very rare.
3: They um, had me on some some pretty high end drugs. Like I had a pick line in my arm. They're like, right. you don't do heroin, right? I'm like, ah. no. They're like, no, seriously. You don't <laughs> don't do heroin, right? Cause they put it right into my vein, and uh, I just remember this one. It's called like tigelcycline or something like that. It was like Gatorade lime green.
2: Jesus. And You're
3: literally, you a Ninja Turtle? <laughs> When I pissed, I pissed bubble bath. Like that's how intense it was on my body. And it just like killed me. I was so worn out from it. It took a long time.
2: Yeah. So wash your belt. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Or you'll miss an inordinate amount of time on the mat trying not to die. (laughs) Right. But
5: but that wasn't from the jujitsu. That wasn't from the jujitsu. That has nothing to do with jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, It was probably, uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. I had three days of classes, and then I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and I wasn't really taking care of myself.
2: Right. You're probably completely depleted immune system. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And all, all this talk kind of brings up to mind just like how much of a fear, fear-oriented fear society we are. Um, you turn on the nightly news. What's the first? I mean, the things that you hear on the nightly news. Zika! Negative, 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 negative. Hey, by the way. Ebola. Some, yeah, exactly. Like a mosquito. There's one mosquito out there flying around with West Nile, and it's definitely going to be you that's going to get it um
3: so, But here's a squirrel water skiing. To me, all- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like so,
5: it's like this could change your life, but maybe sometime in the next six years you might get a case of ringworm, which you're going to get gone in like three yes. days. So yeah. don't do it. Yeah, right? yeah, no, it's not the and, that, and that's
0: that's what it is. Is like is like we're such a fear-minded society where it's like if you probably look up BJJ, you're probably going to find an article within the first ten hits. That says some of negative about BJJ. Same thing with CrossFit. You look up CrossFit, and within the first like the ten hits, it's like it's going to bring up Kevin Ogar, bring dropping a fucking barbell on him, and it's going to bring up Rabdo. And it's like nobody knows what Rabdo is until they start CrossFit. <laughs> That's- Fuck you! Uh, I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah. In in level one, it does. We do learn about uh, we learn we learn instantly right away about Rhabdo because I mean, you get a lot of these people that are coming in that have never never worked out that intense their entire life. So there is there is like you're setting the stage for these problems. Same thing with BJJ is like you getting a bunch of sweaty guys. You get like and girls. Sorry, don't want to leave you out. But you're getting a bunch of sweaty people in this environment that like sets the stage for this possibility, but it's not always there. Same thing with CrossFit. Is like it, like yes, the stage is set for the possibility for a rabbit to happen, but it's not always there. It's it's almost yeah. never there.
2: Life it, is going to give you a couple bastards. Yeah, the, the, the entire
0: time, like yeah. I've been a coach actually since I, I'm not only a coach at Everproof from CrossFit, but I'm one of the original members that started it in the the owner's garage and we built this place from nothing and not one person has had rhabdo and we're
2: one of the hardest hitting gyms in this area our workouts destroy people yeah. how and- many people do you think really get it like you think that the same stories that you read about all the time are the same six guys that got it because they probably fucking did something else well i also too. think
1: too is like the i think the reason the culture uh, or I think the reason that Rabdo doesn't happen at Everproof and CrossFit, which is one of the like the hardest, like most authentic CrossFit gyms that you can go to. Um and kind of the most original, not this like cookie cutter like CrossFit gym. And I think that it goes along with I mean some like you know, like but it goes along with like ringwear whatever. It's the are you holding your own experience. You're holding yourself accountable. You know what I mean. So, like when you're doing CrossFit, yes, you know what? You're going in, you're lifting weights, and you're getting a hard workout. Your your heart is pumping, your lungs are pumping, but you're doing all the other things that go along with it that you need to be able to continue to do that. Are you doing mobility? Are you doing a proper cool down? Are you eating right? Are you drinking right? Are you you exactly? Are you you drinking enough enough water? Are you dehydrated? Are you getting enough sleep? You know what I mean. Like that's like that goes along with if you're gonna take it upon yourself. To go in, and I think that's one of the good things about Airproven. Is they that is a huge talking point and a huge sticking point, and a huge part of the culture. There is, you know, yes, you know what, we're gonna work out hard, but you also need to do your mobility, we're gonna show you mobility. You also, we're gonna give you advice on how to eat, we're gonna remind you to keep drinking water, we're gonna, you know, all that stuff, just like at the academy, you know what I mean? Like. <clears throat> Yes, you're gonna come in and you're gonna train hard but we are like the showers are there I always tell people you know and, and people, people when they people e- email us for information about the class like what should I bring I always say we have clean geese for you to borrow and I always make sure I say clean we have yep. clean geese for you to borrow. there's a water fountain here and we have showers on site so if you want to take, if you're inclined to take a shower afterwards yeah, they're flops. available and flip flops. and wear flip-flops in <laughs> so you're flip-flopping in and out of the locker room. In Two the shower, bucks at Old Navy, right. So, and then, then on top of that, you know, we're like, if someone has ringworm, we notice it. We're like, you can't train, right? You or, gotta chill for a couple days, right? Like, you so know what I mean. So it's it's one of those things where like, you know, you gotta be held accountable and be responsible for those things, and hopefully, and that's a good. uh Kind of FYI or a public service announcement. That's why for I brought people. it up. It was right. more of
2: a public service announcement. It's like it, it's always there. But the public service announcement,
1: I think, is is that if you don't have a CrossFit gym or a Jiu-Jitsu gym who's you know cultivating that culture, you're probably in the wrong spot. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, need, you need. That's what I think. That's what sets apart those those situations is the people that not only are doing. The things that they advertise, but they're doing all those accessory things. They to make prevent
2: things f- that are a pain in the ass from becoming an epidemic. Right. That should that should never happen. If you're if you're in a gym where everyone gets ringworm all the time, you oh, probably got a fucking problem, though, right? right. <laughs> yeah, those What's people are just there? training wrong. Where really you f- like your kidney shut down, right? Rando, it's got
1: it's like uh sorry I just some of your your muscles <laughs> eating themselves yeah
4: it's it's
0: basically like the the i think it's like the muscle fibers breaking down too fast to the point where your kidneys can't clean it out um so it's it's basically just like over exercising um to the point where like your kidneys can't filter anymore and okay. they shut down so gotcha. and then you start peeing coke right. so um Oof yeah grody it's pretty it's it's it i happens. mean it's it it's is actually far thing. more
2: common in marathon runners isn't it uh-huh. isn't that the one where you see it more than crossfit yeah boxers yeah. boxers guys that are just constantly breaking down yeah but at, at the same time
0: and it it's kind of like again like brings things uh full circle the stuff that we've talked about before which is like the pussification of 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 of, of, of anything really not, not just america but it's just like oh my god don't do that like right. you might get hurt and like they amplify everything it's like a man the other day was picking flowers and happened to get a little tiny prick in his hand and then all of a sudden he lost his fucking hand <laughs>
2: Oh my <God! laughs> freak out no more gardening no more gardening
0: <laughs> and and that's and that's don't, where we're don't out. let a little
1: discomfort stop you from doing something right, exactly. exactly like
0: i mean like suck it up a little bit and take some Freaking risk for crying out loud! Yeah. Take First, ownership in your life, vicious, right? Like
5: everybody wants to hear that shit. That's why they're saying, it. right." So just turn it off.
0: Don't watch TV. I want to hear about the squirrels personally, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Squirrels on water Puppies skis on are the best. Puppy.
3: Oh, I saw a puppy on a uh, on a scooter. I saw that too. Yeah. The shoes, yeah. little yeah. shoes.
1: Yeah, I I
2: sneakers. And now I know what I'm doing this afternoon. Head on that bombshell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, now that we've gone on a million so fucking So many tans- tangents. Sorry.
2: <laughs> You knew that was happening. Pete right. was excited. It was. Did you guys even talk about going to Philadelphia? No. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I,
0: is I that what we were here for? I wasn't actually <laughs> was high that, the time. Was that, was that supposed to happen? <laughs>
3: they did tell me to go fuck myself. It's true. that's why you had <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just, This is a Sunday morning chat with fucking I, uh, Pete and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> we <all> I, just, <laughs> I came over to check out
2: your setup, man, and then... Uh, I got drafted. We we also uh, went to Philadelphia together. There you go. (laughs) I guess we're going to have
0: to make that another podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, the one thing I would say, and you can wrap up on this, is those road trips can't happen enough. Logistically, it's difficult to pull people together, but that was fucking fun. And just going to another gym was the first time I'd ever been to another gym. That, Pete, that Pete doesn't get lower. to drive
1: the next time, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were scared of my aggressive driving. I'm like,
1: the least aggressive driver <laughs> I've ever fucking
2: witnessed. I, I might not be a good driver.
1: No, you're a great You're You're, you're almost too good. You're like, like waving in tractor trailer trucks and dump trucks and buses. I have like, a no, Midwest no. temperament.
0: Hey we're in the hood let's slow down and stop at every yellow light <laughs> yellow means go faster i wanted
3: to immerse myself in I the still, culture. i still have night terrors You're about dead. taking a right turn off that street
2: <laughs> sorry. sorry sorry judgment sorry. day what was sorry. the name of that road the oh. right turn was onto judgment oh, day street yeah, judgment, judgment night, <laughs> judgment night. <laughs> from
1: LA. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> high jinx ensued yeah
2: that's a good trip can't wait till the next one get the band back together where are we going next Got to have a destination in mind, or else you get there. New York
1: City. You can do New York. That's easy. That's some good places. To I wanted
2: to go to that
0: one in New York, but I had to. Uh, I think deal with you can take the train off.
1: in New York too. I want to do. I want to go to Clockwork. Like even though Marcelo Garcia is there and Henzo is there, like that'd be awesome. Those are awesome. But I want to go to Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu with Josh Griffiths. Like that's like it's and kind of like
2: ignorance is high.
1: He got his black belt from Kenny Florian, oh, nice. and he was actually uh, I think Pell jared and kenny were at josh's wedding so like he had like like but he's like that part of that group he just got on, I, I don't know if he just got on it but i think he got on it after i did but he's on the show year old team now and like he's just uh like i feel like his academy is turning it or or is, is kind of along the same lines as our academy you know what i mean like it's a destination you know what i mean it's like this like cool like it's almost like got a pop culture behind it you know what i mean and like it's it's you know like a kind of a uh See, that's the thing that, like, oh, man, we could fucking talk all day about this shit, whatever. But it's, yeah. like, and I think that's what kind of happened with the Academy, too, is, like, I love, like, cult classic films, you know what I mean, and things like that, and, like, things that have, like, a a culture to it, you Predator. know what I mean? And, like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that, but that, by that shit's, like, the coolest shit to me, you know what I mean? Like, things that kind of are obscure that people get kind of gravitate to, and there's, like, a lore and, like, a thing behind it, and that's kind of where the Academy's gone and things like that, and there's, like, a... a a weird, like, culture to it. And I feel like that's kind of how Josh, Josh's Academy Clockwork Jiu-Jitsu in New York is, too. I wouldn't, like, go there real bad.
2: Right. And I think that's probably the best way to pick it, right? Do you think that um, a lot of the more famous places, I always wonder this because it goes back to the travel thing. I always wonder, like, should I just sort of walk into a jiu-jitsu place? And, you know, maybe you'll be at some shitty ones, but maybe you'll find these gems. Or should I go to the best-known place in that Aren't city thinking, where it's going to be like, they're going to be like, hey, Another guy right. that wants to take a fucking picture with me with a stranger. Fucking, yeah. I, think, I, think,
1: I think you need to have a mix. I think you need to uh, experience those guys that are legends and kind of understand why they're legends and know why they're legends. Like, uh, I mean, I've trained with a ton of them, you know what I mean? Between, you know, Marcelo and Henzo right. and all you know, all those guys that are legends and that's an experience and it's awesome. You know, you should go do that. But there's something to be said. It's like almost finding a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. Yeah, you know, you should go to all the famous restaurants in a town and be like this, like going to Pat and Gino's. Like right. Pat and Gino's was an experience. It was awesome. I'm so glad we went. You know, the the it's a tourist attraction. I'm glad that I can say that I'd be there. But that hole-in-the-wall cheesesteak place. It
2: probably has a better cheesesteak. Might have hand. a
1: better cheesesteak. It might be a better experience. And it's got some culture to it. You know what I mean? So like. I think that doing both there's some value to both and you should definitely do both.
0: Yeah, if there's better cheese sticks than Gino's, uh I wanna find it because <laughs> that thing, thing was damn good. Yeah, right. I was not disappointed. That was
2: the best part of that experience, by the way. Right. It's like you just you go to enough of these places with the famous anything, there's it's usually rife with disappointment. Or right. it's like again a copy of itself. That place is still Gino's churning out fucking. Did not disappoint. No. no, it didn't at all. But
1: that's but like so I think that's like and, I and wasn't there, was it good? <laughs> yeah, you weren't there, you fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, have to be a sequel. But I
1: think that's like something like along with like like granted, like he's always been famous, but I feel like or in the jiu-jitsu community he's been famous, but I feel like he's his his popularity is coming back around, but like howder. You yeah. know what I mean? Like his spot wasn't a destination for a long time and he wasn't in but there's some culture behind him. And I mean I've rolled with him, very, very good but it's not like he's like where you're like oh my god what's he doing you know what i mean right. he's got great philosophy and things like that but there's he's there's he carries a culture with him and a, and a, and an atmosphere and an attitude with him that is it's an experience to be around you know what i mean like i'd almost yeah. i mean rolling doing jujitsu with him was awesome i'm so glad that i did it and I, i'll do it and I and he he's, he's very skilled but almost just listening to him talk right is and and talk to him and, and, and pick his brain and things like that is almost as valuable or more valuable than right. even just
2: getting to do jiu-jitsu with him. I almost feel like it's, it's like,
0: like a, hanging a, out and just like and listening to tribe, tribal knowledge.
2: Right. Yeah. I, it, well, it's exactly what it is. And I almost feel um obligated to go to some of those places because it because it's a young sport, you can really train with the people that were in on the ground floor. And everyone talks about, "Oh, we're still on the ground floor," which is true relative to fucking you know, baseball or something of that nature, but we're maybe a generation away from all of those first-generation guys either not rolling anymore or moving on altogether, and it's, I would hate to be like, you know, oh, yeah, I, I had the chance to, you know, play catch with Bart Starr, but I just didn't, you know? I want to be able to tell my grandkids that I trained with as many of those guys as possible because, you know, yeah. that that's, it's, as many awesome guys as there are right now and as much as it grows, it's, You're not going to be able to train with those original guys anymore. It's going to be so diluted and the sport will be so much bigger.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's cool that you're seeing it as an opportunity. I mean, I'll agree with you there. I didn't kind of get it until I I was lucky to meet Howard at his place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shit, And now I'm going to regret not doing this with everybody else. You know, I just didn't see the opportunity being that important. But yeah, it's going to generate.
2: Right. Like, well, Hicks and Gracie is sort of like uh, a mythical creature. You can still train with him. Like I can't go, I can't go catch balls from Tom Brady. Like, th- nothing could happen to make that actually happen. I can spend what eighty five bucks and go train with Hicks and Gracie if he, I if here, I line it up right.
1: But here is the other thing too: is like talk about going to those places that are just like unknowns or whatever. You might find that guy right. later on down the road. You are like, I trained with that guy before anybody knew who he was. You know what I mean? Like. Or I trained at that academy before it was huge, or right. and I think there's some value to that too. Just kind of see the beginnings of things. And that's not where just my the natural end.
2: impulse is. I just, I, like I said, I almost feel an obligation to, to sort of experience some of the the OGs, if you will, while they're still around. That's why so
1: when you fly, I know, take a drive for two hours <laughs> and fly for six and drive for two
2: more, you should be training mom, jiu-jitsu. Mom told me to clean my room again.
5: I think a lot of it has to do with uh, sleeping the two nights beforehand and stuff too, right? Yes, right. So I mean, uh, I'm speaking from the elderly perspective here, but it's it's preparing yourself to deal with it, right? I actually, I my training to go to San Francisco because I wanted to go to train with Kurt was more like just getting healthy. Bef- not being all trashed out and then getting on the thing and going, because even healthy, I went there and embarrassed myself. But it would have been even worse. If, <laughs> that's that's the know.
1: experience, though. Don't 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 train there. Don't don't go with that the. The mindset. You're already in the wrong right. mindset. Right. You're already in the wrong mindset. Yeah, I
5: guess I'm trying to optimize it, but it was hard enough just to, to get there in the first place because you're your jet lagged and all that shit. <laughs> fucking then, go. Fucking just yeah. go. I'd say just the biggest- fucking yeah, go. No, I Forget agree. about the circumstance. Just no argument. fucking no argument. go. The cool thing about going- It's are going to be perfect. With other people, and, you, um, and I know you'll back me up on this, is if you go with someone else, you don't notice all that shit right right like imagine if it was just one of you guys who did that trip to philadelphia by yourself in a car got all the way out right. there did all that shit and then said i'm gonna walk in not to say hey look i fucking did it so i'm not i'm not backing off of it right. it just would have been easier if i had a couple of friends we could have just done right. it together so yeah anybody ever wants to do this you want someone to go along ping me up let's go i'll go with you
2: i'm in it's a fun time gotta make you laugh real quick is that
5: does that mean you have the best wife
2: in the world if this is the string of texts that you get? I'll let you read those out loud.
0: <laughs> Bailey's, whiskey, red wine, vodka. Need you go to the liquor store.
2: Okay. your wife has set the death. parameters for the day. <laughs> uh, hope that she's not poisoning me.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, Anything else you guys want to add before we fucking wrap this up? Uh, my new album is available everywhere.
3: <laughs> iTunes, Spotify. No,
2: thanks. thanks I'd, for I'd add, guys. I'd say thanks. Yeah, it's fun to be here and it's uh fun to fun to talk shit and uh be able to babble on for a little while about life and the effect that good people have on it. So I appreciate you letting me espouse my stupidity on you for a couple hours.
3: Um <laughs> <laughs> You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> Michael Scott, <laughs> Matt Pendleton.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Okay, done. Nice guys. We're done.